Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by Option Studios. You ever felt like you've had deja vu before, Adam? Deja vu? <laughs> All over again. Speaking of Adam, Adam Buckner is the principal, the designer. He is the man behind Option Studios, the brain. Not the good looks, though. No, I'm, I've am i got a great face for radio. <laughs> Option Studios has done all the work for Gravity Lab Radio, for the Rating Center, and tons of skydiving manufacturers. But instead of having me tell you about it, we're going to talk a little bit to our good boy, Adam. Adam, how, uh, when did you start Option Studios? Technically, it was 2009, but I've been essentially gainfully unemployed since 1997. <laughs> so what were you doing between 97 and uh, 2009? Uh, I was working for a lot of different companies. Just a lot of freelance stuff? A lot of freelance. Uh, Square One, GoFast, Larson & Brusgard, uh, Paris, Elsinore, everybody. So wh- what was your first real, uh, like... Like your first relationship in skydiving. Where'd you get your big start? I actually was the graphic designer for Square One. Okay. And that was when uh, a couple guys bought Skydive Elsinore. And next thing you know, oh, hey, you're a graphic designer. Hey, we need a new logo. So I ended up doing the one for Skydive Elsinore, which is the same one that they're using today. So you did that for Carl and uh, John. Uh, Carl, John, and uh, uh, Larry Noggle. I never knew uh, the third person. I knew there was a third entity. I just didn't know. Larry Larry was the guy with the airplanes. And ah. Carl flew them, and then John was the the instructor, ex-airspeed talent, I guess. He was the badass flyer. That's right. Man, so in 09, you start Option Studios. What inspired you to branch out on your own? You know, it was one of those things where, you know, working for the man, okay, well, that didn't necessarily fit my my uh, uh, future plans, and so I decided to strike out on my own and do it the hard way. <laughs> so when, when you think about designing, like, you, you designed the shirt that you're wearing tonight, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so tell me, like, talk me through your process a little bit. Oh, my God. Uh, I would tell you that inspiration comes from the strangest places. Okay, like where? Okay, the the shirt that I'm wearing tonight mm-hmm. is for uh, Skydive California. It was their pride jersey. Mm-hmm. So it's palm trees, rainbows, swoopers, and uh, and some uh, geographic gra- uh, graphics. And actually, I was looking at a Chip Foose Designs t-shirt that had a palm tree on it. And was thinking, you know, you could fly and swoop a canopy through... You know that set of of uh, palm trees, and it was pride, so it needed to have rainbows. But I didn't want to have the the typical, you know, uh, in your face rainbow. I wanted to make it cool. It, it fits in the image. exactly, yeah. exactly, and it's probably one of the my favorite designs I've ever done. Do you think about yourself as an artist? I'm kind of a Renaissance artist. What do you I mean do by that? I do a little bit of everything. Okay. Yeah. Woodwork, metalwork, graphic design, fine art, photography. You know, the only thing that I don't do is play music. Uh, I'm, I've always been a bridesmaid, never a bride when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to music. I'd love to learn to play guitar, but I just don't have the dexterity required. My dexterity is more for mice and 
and drawing the, stuff. Mice like the electrical one on my computer. That's what you mean? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I love mice. Maybe, maybe yeah. you're good at feeding them to snakes or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, there is a technique, of course. I'm sure. Learned. You know, I'm sure there's a school somewhere for feeding snakes. I just use really long tongs for mine. Long oh, tongs? You, you know, do a snake person? A snake, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. I thought you were being silly at first, but no. no. I had roommates with a snake, and they threw the snake in the bathtub when it was feeding time, and they just oh, threw the, mo- the mouse or whatever it was <laughs> they're feeding it in the bathtub and shut the door and walked away. They sometimes watch, but they're like, wow. It's actually the, probably the safest place for both the mouse and the snake. <laughs> so now that we're talking about nothing that has to do with Option Studios, uh, what, segue. Uh, what, what products do you guys make, for those that don't know? Uh, you know, I have made more products pull-up cords for drop zones, manufacturers all over the world than probably anybody. Oh, so at PIA, there was a container filled with all those pull-up cords. That is correct. How many were there? What was the magic number? The magic number, I believe, was 287. Wow. 287 individual designs. For different pull-up cords. Wow. For different pull-up cords. Pull-upcords.com. That's Ma- true. That absolutely crushes it. And you say you do a little bit of everything. There's a poster right behind you, which I'm going to guess you actually designed. That is correct. And it is a Velocity Sports Equipment poster with Jeffro Provenzano on it. Uh, there are a couple posters on the wall over Justin's head, Gravity Lab Film Festival posters. I'm pretty sure you designed those. I think those look familiar, right? <laughs> Justin's wearing a jersey you designed and a hat you produced. Yep. I'm oh wearing a hat that you did the stitching for. I actually got it made at Lids because I was on vacation, and thanks for that. That's okay. <laughs> um, and, well, I'm surrounded I'll by things you've you made. for this time. Oh, this time. thank you, sir. There's pull-up cords right next to you that you actually made. There's stickers right there that you've made. This place is actually covered. My office is covered. There's a banner on the wall. You name it, this man does it. So people, one of my favorite things I hear you say all the time is I joke with you. I'm like, oh, man, I got options. You're like, yep, it's in the name. <laughs> option Studios. I, what do you mean by option when you say Option Studios? Just a, that in itself. Uh, we give you every option that we possibly can to make you look better. And you know, the, the way I look at it is if you look like a million bucks, you'll make a million bucks. So if I can do my job and make you look great, you're going to do well. So I, we, uh, our, our Gravity Lab jerseys that Justin's wearing right now, uh, we get a lot of people asking about custom jerseys because they realize that ours are so mm-hmm. one of a kind. What's, uh, let's say that someone's interested in doing an order of these jerseys. Do you have a minimum size? Uh, minimum minimum order? order, like to keep it at 15. Uh, you know, special cases, we've done one. Uh, one would be... Uh, one for Jimmy, who uh, won the film festival last year. <laughs> we did laser laser cats fighting cancer and all that sort of thing. So uh, that was a, a one of a kind. That reminds me. Yeah. You're supporting the film festival this year, aren't you? That is correct. And what way have you guys chose to support the film festival? I don't, I don't know, know but either. it would be significant. <laughs> I know the first year you guys supported with a custom wind blade, last year a custom jersey, That's and I'm correct. sure in due time we will get to announce exactly what it is. Yep. When you see your logo in the new promo video for the film festival, it's one of my favorite logos in the film festival. It's it's good. It, it's it's good. very titillating. It's a, yeah. Very titillating. Titillating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, went, you went there, didn't you? I did. Absolutely, oh, man. Oh. Okay. So, uh, five is or fifteen is a minimum order you like to go with. Uh, it makes sense to do that, and uh, but you right now we're we're doing it so that 
if you order 50 or more, the design is included. And that's a huge chunk right there. Graphic design yeah. costs money. Uh, you know, this, this isn't my first rodeo. So, and it takes time. It's, it's not just, oh, I'll just barf something on a piece of paper or on, on fabric. It, it takes some time to, to come up with something that's unique and that uh, sends the message that you want to wear. Because you know, they're all walking billboards. How often does someone just submit a, a, a finished design to you and ask you to print that? Um, or is that something that you would even do? Uh, if they sent it to me, you know, I'd do it. Um, I, I Honestly, about 5% of the time, uh, most of the time, they just say, Adam, we've seen everything that you've done so far. Just do me proud. And that's one of my favorite parts about Option Studios Pro jerseys is you can get jerseys at a lot of different places, and, and they make some reasonable quality jerseys. But graphic design is one of the things most of them are lacking, and I've not seen a, de- a jersey designed by Gra- Option Studios because you've actually put a couple of designs out that you haven't made. I haven't That's seen true. anyone designed by you that didn't look outstanding, man. You absolutely crush them. Well, it's a it's a attention to detail. Um, there's all sorts of little things that people should be paying attention to on on an Option Studios jersey or a poster. Or a poster or <laughs> anything else, because there's, there's always something in it. Easter eggs? Easter eggs? Easter eggs? I don't know. Is isn't, isn't, eggs? That, isn't that a common uh, expression you use for those, those hidden gems? Oh, no. 100% Easter egg is the right word. Um, and I love Easter eggs. I don't know anything about Easter eggs. Yeah. It, it started for me in the late 90s when websites and the internet was getting big. My teammate in Elsinore was a web designer. And he loved having a hidden little pixel that you could click on to find something, whether it was kind of a pixel that stood out or whether it was just a pixel randomly in a place. And he would commonly use it for things like, hey, this is my website. This is where I go to my web, to my email portal or something stupid. So he taught me that in the late 90s. And from there, I've always loved hiding things and things. And Nick, I think you've recently got into that game of hiding things and things. I think I only do it because I know you you appreciate it. So oh, much. dude, I love it so much, man. You talking about hiding the sausage? <laughs> what, what? Yikes! What? <laughs> so we've so called you to this <laughs> casting couch tonight, uh, mom. Mom, do I? I think I hear my mother calling. So one other thing about Option Studios, and we got to get wrapping before our guests show up, is you have options, and I love your design for my taste and my style. Adam Buckner's designs are really what makes it. But there's no doubt, different strokes for different folks. So you actually have other artists who work with you, like a good friend of ours. Oh, my God, I can't think of her name. Elsa. Elsa, Elsa man. And actually, Elsa is supposed to come to be on, uh, come be on the show at some point. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man. She's a super nice girl. So it really doesn't matter what people want. You have a flair for everybody, a style for everybody. Well, you know, uh, I've worked with uh, the best designers in our industry, uh, between Benjamin Ford and Dave Cherry and uh, and Elsa, and I'm I'm lucky to have her on our team, uh, and it's it's an asset also to be working so closely with Dave Cherry. And if somebody comes to you for design and they say, "Hey, I want to work with you, but I want this specific designer," is that something people customers can get? Sure, um, if if I feel that it's my style, that I can handle that style because I'm pretty broad uh-huh. uh, or I can be very broad, uh, then maybe I'll do it. But if it's something that has a little more uh, 
flavor that Elsa has, then I'll turn it over to Elsa. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate part of it is it's got to be what it's got to do its job. And I, if yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't do its job, then it's worthless. Guys and gals, go to optionstudios.com. Pullupcords.com is where you're going to find the best swag, the best uh, images he has out there. You can follow him on Facebook, on Instagram, Option Studios. Absolutely love him. Adam, thank you so much for everything you have done for us, man. You, no you, problem. You I love you. Crush it, lot. crush it, man. Guys and gals, we do have a good friend of ours, Tex, coming in tonight, but Tex is not our guest. He is bringing in his girlfriend. That's right. He likes the ladies. Uh, Alethea J. Austin. <laughs> We've actually had... Nick, have you met Alethea? No, I haven't. So we I just like that he said he likes the ladies. <laughs> I I it's like there was doubt. Oh, there's doubt, my friend. There is doubt. <laughs> you seen them shorts? Uh, but we get to know Alethea tonight. She is the new it girl. She is the new hotness upon the European scene. An American gal who is crushing the skydiving scene in Europe and now more globally and internationally. So enjoy the show. Find out a little bit more about Alethea, and uh, we'll talk to you guys in a minute. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen and lady. (laughs) Alethea J. Austin, how are you doing tonight? I feel good. Yeah, middle initial. Yeah. That was a strong yeah. move. Yeah, that was I, a strong move. So on, we've actually never met before for myself, Nick, and what's the guy's name? Justin. Ginger. Ginger. Uh, <laughs> Mr. G, uh, this is one of the rare guests that none of us actually knew you before the show started. Cool. So Facebook has you listed as Alethea J. Austin. It does. Please tell me that J stands for Jane. It does not. I'm so sad now. I, <laughs> show's over. Get the music, Justin. Thank you, down. guys. <laughs> so what does the J stand for? Josephine. Josephine. I love that name. Yeah, it's a good one. We were just talking about a friend, Elsa, who goes by Elsa Josephine. Oh, So, nice. yeah, it's a strong name. It's a good it name. It is, yeah. Elsa, you are uh, a skydiver. Elsa. Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> this is off to a great, great. start. <laughs> I'm dead sober. It's always a good podcast have. when you call them by the wrong name. I just Why were we chugging beers right before we got on? <laughs> that wasn't beer. That was moonshine. Son of a... So <laughs> Bill! <laughs> Bill! <laughs> that reminds me I have some moonshine in my uh, closet. I need to go figure that out. Alethea, you, uh, you are a skydiver. Yes. When did you start jumping? I it's been about 14 years that I got my AFF in, in California City. Okay, Cal City. Yeah. Man, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, yeah. I started in Southern California, so the whole oh, cool. California scene is something that I miss, just yeah. not the cost of living, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty high all day. And what got you into skydiving? I just uh, had a wild hair one day and took myself up and did a jump and then got the course out of the way and yeah, was kind of a casual jumper in uh, California. And then when we moved to Europe, I started jumping more uh, seriously. How many jumps did you have before you went to Europe? I think probably about 80, but I oh, lied okay. when I got there and said I had a couple hundred. Yeah, you got like it. Like a flag <laughs> jump. Yeah. Had, had that Wait, log did book. a flag jump? With yeah. <laughs> After what? not jumping for like three what years. flag? Just a really big flag for a, a a one of my flag? clients that wanted me to do a, oh, okay. a jump for them. <laughs> so full disclosure, you are dating text, right? <laughs> Yep. So Texas here, and so based off that statement, define really big. 
Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that slow burn on his face. And no, the, roast, the roast begins. <laughs> and how big was the flag for real, though? Like a few feet? It was like, I would say, maybe um, twice the size of this. Uh, up and down of this wall? Oh, no, of this of this painting of, of that painting. That's yeah. still that's pretty, pretty big. big flag. Yeah. That's not big a joke. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you held yeah. it in free fall. Yeah, I held it with another guy, and they were like, "You, you've done this before, right?" Of course, I totally. have. <laughs> Faking my logbook, hadn't jumped in a couple years, was like this one first, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be. This will be great. <laughs> this will work. How much drag? How did that feel in free fall? It was fucking. It was tough, and actually, it was okay to hang on to it. But like the moment that. I went to bring it over to him so that he could grab it and take it away and I would track away. Um, it sort of just started ripping out of my arms. So at some point, the whole flag came out. It was, it was pretty, yeah, it was fun. So it doesn't sound like you went to Europe for skydiving. No, I didn't. What, what took no. you there? Uh, a job. I was going to be there for three months for a marketing project. Okay. But uh, Three months turned into how long? Nine and a half years. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think fast. I said I was coming to Texas for three months when I first showed up. And you left and you came back. Texas yeah. is a trap. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I actually came here for three months myself. You did? My first trip to Texas, I came <laughs> here to work for a winter. And uh, yeah, never left. Yeah, yeah you, you wow. think this is just a visit right now. But oh my God. Yeah. Foreshadow, you. foreshadow. You're never leaving this room. Yeah. <laughs> Man, her eyes got big. Just wait till we open the closet. Uh, what the? Just the closet. Just <laughs> So Texas. Texas. <laughs> that was a corn fed laugh right there. Uh, I'm sorry. He's just confused. <laughs> I had coffee. These jokes are getting pretty corny. Heyo. And he's back. Do you prefer your jokes on or off the cob? Oh my God. You're looking a little husky, Tess. You, you put on some weight. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Hold on. What, what's the, what are other things I know about corn? I don't know. Like his brain is such what, a maze. What? You know. <laughs> uh, oh my god! We're just popping on these jokes right now. Texas is having a great time. He's oh, going against. Popping. I got the popping one. I got it. Did you get a sunburn? You get a sunburn today, Texas. Oh wait, it's blushing. It's going against the grain a little bit. Going against the grain. God. This is oh, fun, you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to beat the crop out of me later. Oh! <laughs> Number one just happened. Oh, shucks. He's going to harvest that ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, man, we, what about corn syrup? You had a really good corn syrup one earlier. What was that one about? <laughs> Talk, talking about the uh, morbidly, morbidly obese. I'm sorry to everyone who's listening to this. This is, it's fully fucking over right yeah. now. My name is Elsa for the record. This is Elsa. I see. I see this. This moment. Elsa I wonder, Joe. like people that are listening to this. Like, let's say someone's listening to this and they're driving in their car. Yeah. Are they laughing along or are they upset that none of this makes any sense? Imagine oh, if this man. is their first time listening to y'all's podcast. Yeah. Like, Perfect. How yeah. confused they are with the direction better. lost that this corn thing is. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we derail. Now we're in the cornfield. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh. That was fun. You just broke me, man. <laughs> you broke me. We've only been three minutes in. Yeah. It'll be good. So what were we talking about? You lived in Europe. Nine and a half years. Okay, great. Uh, how? Live corn in Europe? <laughs> what? Do they have corn what? in Europe? Okay, I so couldn't get it out. I can't even focus. Stop thinking about corn references. Um, 
So how long until you really started getting after in skydiving? I was like, um, I would say five and a half years ago. I just okay. um, didn't have any of my other uh, hobbies available to me living in Amsterdam. So I uh, just started going to Spain and staying for a couple of weeks, working out of there and jumping every day, going back to Amsterdam, checking on my clients. And then I did that for, I think, two years. And then um, uh, they offered me a job, actually, to run the marketing for their three drop zones. So I moved over there. And oh, really? What, and what, what uh, <laughs> drop zone is that? Skydive Sky Spain, which is in Seville. And okay. then Skydive Algarve, which is in Portugal. And then Skydive Hibblestow, which is in the U.K., so it sounds like two of those are probably Spanish-speaking drop zones? Yeah, one is Portuguese, uh, and then the other is uh, Spanish. Yeah. So how, how does that affect your marketing? Do you speak either of those languages? I, I speak, I I speak Spanish, she yeah. Speaks a, she Port- speaks a kernel of Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took this much <laughs> I mean. He's been thinking about that. I'll see you guys later. I'll show myself out. Yeah. Yeah. Too, can, too can bad you? that's on a stand. You can't do a mic drop oh. before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he feels so much better now. Uh, all right, I can relax. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, I don't. Okay, so um, you speak Spanish. Yeah, I speak okay. Spanish. Okay, how did you learn Spanish? Um, I learned it in California, actually. Oh, like Tijuana, Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just having so many Spanish speakers down there, I picked it up and then uh, moved to Spain, took some classes. And um, I'm just conversational. Like I couldn't have a really, I couldn't do a podcast in Spanish. Um, uh-huh. You could just survive, basically. I can survive. Yeah, I can get by. And then Donde with the marketing, um, I, th- I haven't <laughs> been to it yet, but I think it's somewhere <laughs> out there. I would assume it's in the house. No, no, no. outhouses. Yeah, because we're in cornfields. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what about Portuguese? Do you speak Portuguese? I don't speak Portuguese. No, but I've got like um, somebody on my team in each country that is does the translations for me. So any of the content that I'm writing, uh, they'll translate it. And Hibblestow is in England? Yeah. So do you speak English? <laughs> it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> I'm With getting the, the hang of it. Allie, I'm sure, is very difficult to understand at times. Very much, yeah. Actually, I saw you just did a gig with uh, Allie Milne. Oh my gosh, I love Allie. Yeah, He's great. He, super good dude. I've yeah. not met him yet. I've got to do an interview with him for LB, oh, LB Altimeter. Oh yeah! And oh man, what a good dude! Oh my god, he's he's a fucking legend. Like he's great. He's a beast too. A super professional. I've hired him on my um, LSD camp several times, and he is awesome to work with. Just well, a machine. Just so people don't think you're a drug dealer, <laughs> do you want to talk about what LSD is? Oh yeah. Um. So it's like <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, you put on a little piece of paper, it goes yeah. on your tongue, and then all of a sudden you skydive better. Tell them about being confused for a drug dealer. Oh yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> hold on. Hold on. So LSD is a common acronym in, in skydiving. Level slot Level dog. Level slot dog. Yeah, exactly. So it's something that's that's commonly yeah, taught in formation yeah. skydiving, right? Yep, exactly. And this is a uh, name of, name of camps that you host. Yep. Okay. Yep. So not um, drug dealer, but now elaborate on who thought you you were a drug dealer. Yeah. Thank you. I want to get to drug. So I started the the camps about three years ago, and uh, they're they're all head down big ways. Although I've got. Um, uh, LSD Sideways coming to uh, Texas in two weeks. Tex and I are going to run those, uh, so they'll be the first angle camps. But um, so the first year of LSD, I was taking payments for it and just having people list LSD October, LSD December, and then <clears throat> my bank Revolut actually ended up contacting me several times and saying we're what's going on with these LSD payments you're getting to the bank? <laughs> and uh, that was an interesting process. So. You're quite possibly the dumbest drug dealer ever, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 
so what brought about the idea of LSD camps? Yeah, um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to learn head down for the women's world record, which is this year. Project nineteen. Yeah, project nineteen exactly, and um, couldn't find groups big enough to train with. So a girlfriend and I decided to um, do three camps, and uh, the first one sold out right away. And then we ran the second one, and that one sold out. And then she quit because she had some health problems. So I just continued pushing the camps, and they've gone really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, this last, the last three or four camps have been focused on the Project 19. But, like, they're just going to keep, keep continuing on. We've got another camp in October, another one in December. So a couple small camps. Give me an outline of what these camps look like. Yeah, they're they're pretty much just work camps. Like you show up for three or four days. <laughs> like the we Holocaust, a work camp. <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> He's welcome. I'm too. sorry. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. This is where my brain goes. Better than your camp joke last time. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. We should go back to corn. You, you know. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. No, I'm uncomfortable. Trigger warning. Okay. Okay, so... Yeah, uh, pineapple, pineapple. So, so not like the Holocaust. So okay. sort of, yeah, different, same, same, but much different. Different sort of... Con- <laughs> totally different, yeah. different, no showers. different sort of concentration happening, I guess. Yeah, different. <laughs> okay. But still um, your experimental drugs. <laughs> You're so corny. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's move past core. We need a new topic. Oh. Camps. We're back on camps. Okay, so camps, yeah. they're camps. So they're yeah, yeah. They're 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 training training jumps. So we start with like uh, two 14 ways mm-hmm. on the first day, maybe the second day as well, depending on the levels. And then on the third and fourth day, we do two plane formations. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been really cool actually for almost three years to see everybody's progression. People coming in that could never take grips and that were like really far away but safe but just super far away coming mm. in and being second stingers or pod closers and just really uh really working hard and and progressing um and that's due to a lot of the coaches that i've hired like ryan was uh the first one to kick it off with marie and then um ali milne has come in i've had nemo like just really solid good coaches mm-hmm. and you know everybody knows it's not it's not a party camp there's no lsd happening it's just <laughs> like you come you work you you show up ready to uh to learn and to fly really solid and as a unit because you know the pressure is on to really keep the whole thing working and running smooth everybody really shows up with that attitude so they're they're really cool it's not, uh, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of camps like that in Europe. I don't know if it's the same in the U.S., but these are like proper progression camps. Well, what what sort of skill set should somebody have before they're interested in, in showing up for one of these camps? Um, fly head down the whole skydive mm-hmm. and turn 180 and break off. That's the only requirement, and those are b- the most basic safety mm-hmm. things. We'll work on everything else, getting you in, um, working on the grips, or just flying in your slot, or being like next to the formation. But you have to have like proper break-off separation and be able to fly head down. Everything else will help people with. Um, this was the first the this this past summer is the first time I've run the smaller camp. So I had Tex actually coached at one as well, which was six to eight people in a group. Oh, so you don't always have good coaches, is what you mean. <laughs> Sorry, just being too quiet. I'm just she got it on a budget. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's a sale. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's. It's hard to pass up a good deal, you know. Yeah, oh, half off. Yeah, I was head up doing flip twists half the time. Anyhow, so. <laughs> it's the roast text yeah. extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So nice. I, so, <clears throat> I'm just gonna say I had heard of LSD for years. Like uh, I'd seen the stickers; they're super popular. Yeah, the, the yeah. Grateful Dead, yeah, that that too. <laughs> had flashbacks every once in a while, but like I had seen these uh, these stickers she's got on. Oh yeah, water, 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 water. Like, yeah. 
I'd seen those stickers forever. And then my boy Risberg always was wearing these LSD shirts and stuff. And I was just kind of obsessed. I think it's the coolest logo in skydiving. Can I take a look at your water bottle, please? Yeah. I just, I loved it for the longest time. I was always trying to, I wanted a sticker. I wanted a t-shirt. I didn't even know much about it. I just knew Ryan told me he had coached at it, had a good time. It was like head down, you know, training camps and stuff like that. And uh, I just thought it was the coolest fucking logo in skydiving. And it made so much sense. It was a cool acronym. And then when we met, I was like, wait, you run LSD. And um, man, I just, I, I think it's the coolest logo. I love it. I love it. I love the each letter has a little bit different symbolism. Yeah. Is there any yeah, totally. logic behind the symbolism? Oh, totally. That was Juliana, um, my partner who I started these with. Um, it's like level <laughs> slot. Mm. Doc, yeah, Doc building the, the pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super yeah, cool of her. Cool. Yeah. Yes. That's all her. She was fucking awesome with this. So if you're yeah. just listening, the L has like a graphic uh, equalizer. So levels, graphic equalizer, slot, uh, just some geometric triangle shapes together. They're yeah. all slotted together. And Doc is puzzle pieces docked together. So, yeah. I so, love it. Yeah. It's awesome. Super awesome. Yeah. Super yeah. nice. Yeah. That's great. Camp. So LSD uh, camps... One of the things coming up you said is LSD sideways. Yeah, and get I could, sideways. I just the whole time thought somebody's going to be side flying. I'm like, are you guys like really pushing the, the side flying? The whole group. Thing? Yeah. We're, We're just side flying it. for yeah. two days. Dude, that is like <laughs> nuts. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> but it's no, angles. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like taking the head down and just bending it, getting it sideways. So we're going to, it's a small angle camp. Yeah. And these will be the first two uh, over here. And then I'll bring it to. Um, Spain probably in January, February, and then start running them over there as well, bring them back to the U.S. and just play around a little bit with it. Because there's also not like this smaller, you know, like the events are, it's a small thing. We don't have like 10 coaches coming in. So it feels really manageable on both the participant side and the coach side. And, you know, it's just, yeah, they're pretty easy to bang out, super fun. And uh, the angle camps are going to be a blast. Yeah, really a blast. Whose idea was it to go to the angles? To go sideways? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's good. That's a good question. She's well, shaking I mean, her head. I don't know when Texas pointing at her at you. Uh, at you. I mean, we, we kicked the idea around, I think together, um, because her LSD camps are so great and she was having a lot of success this summer with a little bit of a new format on like making the group smaller, um, and having like <laughs> really hyper-focused training camps, uh, beyond just the big way stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she's a really good angle flyer and uh, like a leader um, for jumps. And she's been organizing a lot of angles. And uh, yeah, it just seemed like a natural progression to like use this awesome format she's got already for head down training and head up training and then expand it into angles, which we're both, uh, you know, pretty competent at. So ultimately, it sounds like there was a little bit of collaboration between both of you for this. LSD sideways. It was you two coming together might have been part of it. Well, I think she would have she would have done this anyhow. But it's uh, it's been really fun to to kick around with her and and, yeah. and work together. I, th- I think it's cool that you guys have come together because Tex and I spent some time together the other day and to listen to him. Yeah, and not just the other day. Uh, first time he introduced me to the idea of who you were and talked about you very enamored not just with the person you are but with the flyer and the skill set and what you represent (laughs) and to see Tex get so excited about somebody running camps and doing things really to me said you were doing great things Mm. because respectfully you're not easily impressed 
I, I mean that in a good way. No, that's true. Yeah. Are you blushing? No, I've never blushed in my life. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it, it's. I think it's cool that you guys have come together because honestly, uh, this might be throwing text under the bus, but I'm going to describe you in his words. She's a new it girl. She's the new hot thing. She is out there. She is pushing. And she. he said all these complimentary things about you in the future of skydiving. And Tex, I'm going to go ahead and make you She's turn charging. Back. There's just no, there's no doubt about it. But you're the same thing. You're the new it dude. Oh, you have, yeah, 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 right. Can you but, give us a name like Benifer? Talithia. Let's be honest. Her last name's Austin. And, her, and I go Austin. by Tech. Austin, Texas. That's <laughs> I mean, it. Come on. That's it. Oh, Austin, Texas. What's it's up? ATX, baby. ATX. ATX. Shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. But I think ATX it, at LSD. Yeah. <laughs> Get down on some of that. <laughs> what is that uh, music festival? South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a perfect fit for South by Southwest. A little South by South LSD. It. <laughs> Just so punny. Just so punny. Uh, I, I do think, though, really, you guys coming together, uh, Tex, you are the new it guy. You have pushed limits. You've gone far. Oh, my far. God. Is that Tex? Dude, it's. I, I've known this guy for a while, and he started skydiving more and more. And next thing I know, every time I turn around, he's in some event. He's going somewhere else. You're doing something else. So I think you guys have complimented each other well in the sport. So just accept the compliment. Yeah, just say but thank I, you and stop being a fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, Rubbing your face like you're about to start a fight with somebody <laughs> over here. Stop saying nice This motherfucker <laughs> keeps telling me I'm doing a good job. Fucking, We're taking this it, outside. Man, I hate him. <laughs> He's flexing. <laughs> what part? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I just saw where that beer bottle was. I thought it was a rise in your pants. I'm sorry. All right. So LSD. So we, that pillow. we know that uh, LSD is level slot dock. There's not yeah. a lot of docking happening on angle jumps typically, right? That's true. Unless you're text grabbing onto your buddy out of the plane who's supposed to be leading the, the jump. Oh, I saw that. It's a nice move. Shenanigans. That was good. So uh, levels. Can yeah. we talk about what it means to be on level on an angle jump? Yeah. Yeah. So I, let's say that uh, I'm a backfire. I'm the first row in front of the leader. How do I know if I'm on level? Um... <laughs> That's a good question. I think it depends, it's just like... It depends on the angle and the yeah. speed. And See, and th- that's the reason why I asked. We had a, a, a long debating conversation about this the other day. Stephen Boyd brought it up, and he's someone who's such a great flyer, and I have little technical knowledge about how, how it's supposed to come together. But um, I guess that doesn't, doesn't answer my question. Um, <laughs> I, all right, so there's a few factors that would go into that, but it's like uh, you're... You're, what you're considering the most in terms of like levels is like where the dirty air is. Mm-hmm. So you're in a group, so you have to consider what burbles your body position is putting off, and that really depends on the pitch of your body mm-hmm. and the speed you're flying, and then also your your placement within the group. Uh, can the level be changed by the leader? Can it be flattened out? Can it be steepened? Can it turn? Um, if it can't, then you're probably not on level. You know, if I can't make it steeper as a leader or flatten it out, then you're in some place that you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also depends on the speed, you know, for instance, like a flat cruisy angle, like a chill speed, you know, like you may want the back flyers a little, like a little bit trailing behind, you know, a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, like more on like my knee levels or something like that. Cause their, their burble is going to be, behind them but when it's uh when it's a lot faster they can almost be like really close to me and uh, you know like more chest level things like that so um yeah there's a few factors that go into it and 
over time, what's nice is like once you can really define it on those really simple straight line kind of angles, then it becomes really three dimensional and you're considering levels in, in a lot of different ways. Like when you're doing flock and rolls and things like that, like your levels are, are changing the entire time as the pitch of the, the, the flight path changes. So do the levels. So it becomes really um, complex sometimes. I want to go back just a little bit. You said flock and rolls. I'm lost. And a lot of our listeners will be as well. Sure. Yeah. It's just a, it's just an angle that's just changing direction. Um, we define most, you know, flying when it's head first or uh, head up as either belly or back, you know, and then there's these moments where it passes through vertical where it's completely straight up and down. Mm-hmm. And a flock and roll would just be uh, a transition from either your belly or your back or your back to your belly um, that's, that's moving. It's generally set up through a turn, which is the roll aspect of it. So barrel roll style. Mm, more of a transition to vertical. <clears throat> okay, so more of a loop. Yeah, if you can imagine someone belly tracking and then turning and going steeper until they end up on their back. So when I see you guys doing yeah, that move. Yeah, the back and forth. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Levels in... Nick, did you get to that level answer? Yeah, I mean, I think it's th- that they're correct, and also it goes along with my understanding of there there isn't uh, there isn't a simple answer to that question because you know if we're if we're imagine that we're tracking totally flat track where my burble would be, and now move all the way through to where we're totally vertical, all those different angles, the the burble's going to be in a different place. And when he's talking about where the dirty air is, you don't want to be flying in someone else's dirty air or spilling your dirty air onto someone someone else with where you're moving. So it's not like hey, uh, we're on a, I mean, you can't generalize that way because every jump is, is different and because it's dynamic, because everything's moving. How challenging do you guys find it as you're flying through those different angles to realize I need to be constantly moving my re- my relative position to the other flyers? Is that a constant I feel like thought? it's not. I think it's just you just get that feeling mm-hmm. for it. You just get the feeling for it. Yeah, you, yeah once you do it enough, it's uh, you, you realize if you're in the right position or not, like, like just any, any other it. kind of flying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's the way you train it, the way you would mm-hmm. learn it, like the things that we'll be focusing on in LSD is like really proper levels where we can start to set these kind of moves up and people have already kind of built that into their flying DNA where, where the proper level is, what the visual is supposed to look like. And, um, and so when we go into those more complex moves that it, it just stands out to them really quickly, uh, by just looking at the group, looking at the leader and feeling like I'm too low or I'm too high um, or, you know, whatever, um, just to to make those uh, those transitions more seamless. And as Nick, we were talking about this the other day, I say we, him and Stephen Boyd, and I kind of just joined in and listened some. <clears throat> One of the things that we talked about was the angle groups and you guys were doing, what's that uh, the other day? Um, uh, looking to build tropical space camp. Uh, oh, looking to that, build. We were looking looking to build video, weren't we? How tight the groups are now flying in angles. Uh, you guys, the whole unit is moving so tight. So slots are becoming a big word in angle flying. Which I slot just meant an area. Where now slot is being very specific, isn't it? Yeah. How much? How tight are you guys getting? And and also, at what point do you think it'll become docked pieces flying at these angles? I mean, you can dock now, but it's just not really. It doesn't mean that you're. It doesn't push the jump so much forward it's more of like a fun kind of moment but yeah like slots are really specific and and uh, you need to fly them especially as group size gets bigger and you're sort of pushing the angles a little bit more pushing the speed adding the flock and rolls 
you can't be slip, slipping and sliding all over. So, yeah. I think what's really interesting about the slots too is there's there's different. I mean, angle jumps is such a that's such a generic term that doesn't really uh, doesn't really help define anything because these kind of three dimensional jumps can be when we talk about slots they can be slot specific because the jump has a really defined plan that you've walked and you've dirt dived and uh, everyone knows what their role is within the jump and it's 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 a choreographed jump you know it's more or less a free routine that's built on the ground and you're trying to perform it in the sky and then there's other types of jumps which are very like flowy and just you're vibing with all your friends and you're um you're improvising but that's still slot specific you know and it's the slot is just changing by the second but you to to fly with groups like that that you have to really understand yeah the levels and then also where they fit into the jump. You know, they may be on the right side for one move and then they end up on the left, but they see where their slot's at. They understand where their quadrant is the entire time. And these jumps don't have a defined flight path or, or design to them. And those are really fun too. And still slot specific. I, I always like to know how to not be that guy <laughs> on, on a jump. Oh, so man, are there... Guy. are. You know, that guy who that does guy. the exact wrong thing. Yeah. What does that guy do on an angle jump? What do you want to not be caught doing on, oh, on an angle? Like, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many things. Just corking or burbling or zooming past it like the opposite perpendicular to the jump. Like. Wearing a wings container. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. There uh, seems like there's a story behind that comment. Just, just in general? Yeah, just in general. Okay. I mean, I only know two people that jump wings that I like, and I know a lot of people that jump wings. <laughs> Telltale sign. <laughs> no, I don't know that many. I'll, I'll be honest, but um, I, I think like the approach and break off are two pretty important things, right? Yeah. So what what do I not do on my approach if I don't want to be uh, yelled at at the end of the jump? Zoom past it. Yeah, zoom I'm under not, it. Not going to zoom pop past. above it. I'm gonna I'm gonna slow down on time. Crossover. What am I gonna do on break off to to not not look like an asshole? Oh man, break off. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a big one for real. <laughs> how how high should I break up? up? Nick Nick saw us <laughs> not quite <laughs> living out that principle last weekend. Yeah, man. The I I I break off at five grand every time, every jump. I I just don't I don't trust anybody really. Below and five I, grand, you have no friends. I mean, I have a couple, <laughs> but not quite as close as some of my other friends are. <laughs> um. But, uh, shit, I had a good question. I lost it as I was imagining everyone not breaking off until <laughs> scary low altitudes. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite skydive to go on? Do you like big ways? Do you like, like, I did a two-way with a buddy today, and I realized how much I fucking love two-ways. Two-ways are so the best. If, what build me your fantasy skydive. What's it like? It's a two-way. All right. Yeah, it's a two-way. With, with, with a plan. Yeah, you're a plan two-way. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. like that. yeah. Two way with the plan, sunset, yeah, where it just flows and it's super beautiful. You want it to last forever. The little canopy flock at the end, landing next to each other. Ah. Are there high fives involved? I feel like there'd be high fives involved. For sure, there's Shit. high fives involved. Yeah, Shit, nice we break off. We need a swoop and chug and then a hug. Swoop and chug, <laughs> a little corn on the cob. Shit, yeah. <laughs> butter that thing up. Make butter. sure you butter it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two ways. They're the best, right? You better believe it. <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> this is getting weird again. What? What? You guys are making me hungry. Why this corn thing? I don't even I don't know. know how this started. Where did it start? Because I said, uh, what was that word I used with corn? Corn. No, no, I said uh, corn fused. I was corn fused. Oh, corn fused. And before That's we started right. the show, we were saying something. I'm like, yeah. you're com- you're corn fused. Oh, and then the corn fed. And then we got the corn fed, oh, and God. a uh, good old American football player mm. was a corn fed motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you said a fat dude in a wheelchair at Walmart <gasps> yep. is corn. Oh, syrup. Yeah. Just for the record, corn I didn't syrup. say any of that. <laughs> we have it on tape. Right? No, I don't think we were recording no. that. We weren't recording that yet. Oh, doesn't yeah. sound like something I would say. <laughs> Not at all. Hey, Bill. Bill, we got one. Oh, I'll man. just keep dropping little kernels here and there. I just, oh uh, my gosh! So like, actually, <laughs> we kernel brought, earlier. Come yeah. on, we brought the oh, corn references in after the whole joke. So like, the the people listening don't even know where this whole thing. Oh no! no. no. Oh, we're sorry, you guys. <laughs> to no, everybody no. listening, it was funny. Yeah. No, people who listen to the show, I think, are used to us not making any sense at all. Yeah. You said you listened to an episode. Yeah. We we don't have weird. a lot of logic. We don't follow a path we, we of journey tangents for sure yeah. i actually was asking Tex, like hey so what do we talk about <laughs> uh, i don't know corn like mostly whatever. Yeah. Like, like i could possibly predict yeah. where yeah. this is gonna go he did actually predict that there would be some roasting <laughs> of him <laughs> i mean it's just been it's just been a while we're good buddies you know he's been out of town for a while so he's got a yeah, comments built up for a little bit Fair enough. we actually were trying to get Tex on the show for quite a while and it just the timing's been bad because you know he's the new it guy who's been traveling and in such high demand and uh it just really our schedules have not matched up and at one point he goes no no bro i got a great idea i'm like what he's like dude i've been seeing this great girl alethea um took me about 10 minutes to tell me who you were Nice job, dude. You owe me five Because he couldn't remember my name or something. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I really, I had a... I think her name is Elsa. <laughs> oh, jeez. Not going to let that one slide. Yeah. No, I had a... Never she do. Doesn't, she doesn't hang, hang on to those things at all. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to hold a grudge. <laughs> but I couldn't remember your name until yeah. someone told me, think about saying Alicia with a lisp. Oh, totally. Alethea. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Great. Oh, my I've, God. I moved to Perfect. Spain. They say my name. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. I feel at home You've been to Barcelona yeah, and you're, you're oh, so Barcelona. Great. My people. You know how to it's say my Greek. name? Alethea. Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, so, but Tex had actually mentioned you, we got to have Alethea on, so oh, yeah. it, now I can't say it without thinking I'm lisping your name. <laughs> so Tex, yeah, we actually planned on having the show originally as a roast of just you. Now you've allowed us to bring your girlfriend into the roast of you, so we've just ganged up even harder. So uh, thank yeah. you. He didn't think that I would be on your guys' side. He thought he would have like backup. Did you really though. believe? No, that? I didn't at all. That is <laughs> such a lie. You believe? This I was would like, happen. she's gonna get so wound up when y'all start <laughs> ragging on me. She's gonna be so happy. Look at her smile. She can't. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. It's like, oh, finally. My new best friend. Finally. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah. So uh, LSD, these camps have been going on for a while, but you mm. also are doing other things like progression week. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of, I'm coaching a, a, some events this, this year, and that's one of the events that I'm coaching at. That's what? not my event, though, but I was invited to coach yeah. on that. So you've been doing a lot more. LSD coaching. is your event. Yeah. What other events are you doing right now? Um, That are my events or coaching like coaching at so like i'm invited i think i'm doing 24 events this year just going there as a coach my own um events are just lsd and lsd get sideways um yeah yeah and you've coached to what like 24 events out of the last 27 weeks or something no it'll be like i think about 28 events in total this year this last summer has been about 16 and and uh 
out of 17 weeks just wow. straight. This mm-hmm. is actually the first Absolutely time I've crazy. had a break. Yeah. And really, nice. you say first time you had a break, you've been off for a couple of days, and this week and you're organizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in two weeks, you're doing a camp here again. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're staying busy, and I actually do want to go back. I've, I completely forgot about this. You said it's a skills camp. Yeah. It's not such a big thing in Europe. You wondered about here in America, and really, skills camp in general has become the new thing. Yeah. It's For years, you go mm-hmm. to an event to boogie, to party, and not really get any better. Totally, totally. <clears throat> and I love people are putting together like oh, fly, yeah. fly, and yeah. stuff like that, where people are pushing yeah. the limits. And I, I think it fits like your personality text because I, when we talk about you going to events and doing things, you don't get as excited about the the random wild boogies as you do about like, dude, coaching, structure, organization. That that seems to be fitting the bill. That's kind of like I think one of the things that uh, Tex and I share a lot of uh, common interest in and it's, it's just how we approach the skydive and approach the events as well. That's when it like in the beginning when we met at Fly Fly, we were both coaching there actually this year. Um, we got like booted off the plane because the manifest was all messed up and, and we hadn't known each other and we were, hey, you want to go? Should we just go jump? And we didn't make a plan. It was just like a sort of kind of like loose follow me. And then we tried that a couple times and we just noticed there was like no chemistry in the air, which was okay because, you know, we didn't know each other. But then once we started actually like making a plan for it, it just clicked. And that's how we approach the jumps. That's how I approach all of my coaching. It's really like show up, ready, have the dive plans, you know, take those people's time and money seriously and try to work towards a goal. Well, me and Tex have really fun no plan two ways, so... Yeah. We're probably a lot closer than you two are. <laughs> I had that feeling. <laughs> I could see it. It's the man connection. He's I, I, think, I, think the, I think the part about skills camps I too, miss that you two texts so much. <laughs> I know you've been waiting to say it. For the people that don't see this, Tex is rubbing his knee softly. What? <laughs> Just them what does that represent? Man, he kissed me on the neck earlier. It was Just weird. Now. Come on. I said I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> But God, it was romantic. So what were you saying, Tex? Sorry, keep going. Well, where was I? <laughs> Lost in my eyes. <laughs> well done. God, you're pretty. Well done. Oh, that's great. Alethea's taking notes. Love it, yep. Um, mustache rides for life. <laughs> the, uh... Don't you love how it tickles when he kisses you? Oh, man. I like how it saves that flavor. Who did you ask back. when you said that? What? <laughs> I was asking her if she likes it. You as were much looking as I at do. DJ. That was weird, man. <laughs> that was the goal. I have kissed DJ on the mouth, so that's 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 God's honest truth. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's take a moment with that one. Yeah. <laughs> You're next. <sighs> okay. Sorry. 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 His face. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> that's what all his kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, DJ just went in for a close the deal there. Yeah, yeah. I I've not kissed Tex on the mouth. I have fondled his junk though. Oh, that's nice. How was it? <laughs> yeah, it, dude. He, so he was set up in Humble the door packing, on like, what I heard. What kind of way? An eight way or something? <laughs> what, what time is it? Yeah, we're winding down. It was like a, a six way. Got to get her home, guys. Sorry, she's uh, she's tired. And he set up in the door <laughs> to launch this group. And just as he goes to give a count, I reach up and just give him a nice little. <laughs> oh my god, the face! Uh, all is fair in the air. That's what they say. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you never heard that? No. Well, 
That's the truth. What happens in the sky stays in the sky. Wasn't I that, mean, the sky. Fair. Wasn't that during my <laughs> AFFI course? All is fair in the air. That's a good event. It was name. during somebody else's course, yeah. Uh, I thought it was mine. Oh, during yours? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, no, it's during your course. I thought you said his. I'm like, he hasn't done one. Uh, yeah, it was during mine. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Tex, I think you really were going to say something serious a minute ago. About, <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you right, now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Skills camps. Skills camps. Talking wow. about They're how a thing. You guys like They're to plan thing. jams. They're a thing. Oh, I think... One of the nice parts about skills camps too is is not just the like the focus training and the progression and, and and all that stuff, but it's also bringing people together that already have a similar mindset. If you're if you're a participant signing up for a skills camp, you have a you like you have a real intention towards how you're going to use your skydives and spend your time and money, and uh, you have some sort of goal, obviously. Um, so you're a goal oriented person, you're a focused kind of skydiver, you are interested in learning and then you get to a place unlike a boogie where you're pretty much guaranteed to be surrounded by people of a similar mindset. And that's, uh, that can be really fun, you know, if that's, Mm -hmm. if that's the type of person you are. So, um, it's not for everybody. There's certainly people that just, you know, they, Hey, they love to skydive and they get better naturally and, and it's, it's great. And they just want to have safe jumps and fun with their friends. And that's, that's awesome. But then there's other people that like they have a really clearly defined goal and uh, and motivation towards how they spend their uh, how they spend their skydives. And then you go to a place and a skills camp and an event, something you're looking forward to, and you're surrounded by people of a exact same mindset. And it's great. It's yeah. exciting. And um, yeah. and then you kind of learn honestly as much as you learn in the camp itself. You learn a lot just by osmosis. You learn it by being around great great coaches and. Uh, and participants that uh, maybe push you a little more than the people at your mm-hmm. local drop zone or yeah. your people that you jump with on a regular basis. And you learn how to jump with different people and strangers. And um, yeah, I think they're great. I think it's they're great cool. if that's what you're looking for. So you guys have both organized events with a lot of strangers, right? Yeah. So what do you like to have from from a participant in, in an event? Um, how can they do a good job of presenting themselves to, to a coach or organizer? Like when they're communicating things like their skill set or what they're oh, looking to man. learn? That's a really good question, actually, how to be like how to show up at an event in a way that you're going to get the most out of it. And I think like what I find a lot of times is just that people aren't really honest about where their level is, which doesn't which does a total disservice to everything. Right. Like you can't coach on that first jump if you think that you're expecting a different sort of skydiver. But then also like, yeah, it just doesn't do anything. If you say that you're a ninja and you show up and you're not, then you don't become a ninja by having said it on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. So just just being honest about your level and what you can fly is a really big thing. And then also communi- communication, like with, um, with uh, you know, it's we don't really know, you know, um, the goals of, of a student until they actually say it. And what I like to do with my students is just really understand, like, what they want out of the camps and, and kind of, like, um, work it throughout the event to make sure that I'm meeting what they want, what they spent all that money and time on, but then also teaching them what I see that they need. Um, yeah, I, this is in just, you know, the debriefing and being being taught, like being open to hearing the coaching, I think is a big thing as well, because you get a lot of people that show up and they're like, I'm here to learn. And so you're like, hey, maybe on this next one, you can just pull your legs together. <laughs> yeah, but I was. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, just pull your legs together. <laughs> one of the things you said is, you want to know their goals yeah. 
And in coaching, it's common. People will say, I don't know what my goals are. Yeah. Do you see that often? And, and how do you help people find their goals? Yeah. Um, I like for me, I, you know, I ask everybody, I usually get spend 15 minutes with the group beforehand and just get to know them a little bit as a group. So everybody gets to know each other. And then, uh, most of the time they do. They're just like, I want to get good and head up or, you know, I want to work on my head down. And then, you know, the general. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, as you're flying with them, you can see like, oh, they want to learn head down. But actually, they might need to spend some time in their belly for a little bit just to get the basics. But um, I don't think long term goals, but most of them do, actually, because most of the camps that I'm coaching at are skills camps. And those are the people that really do understand what they want. They're coming in with that focus. Yeah, already. yeah. One of the things I like about skills camps, and, and I've done a limited number of, of fun jump skills camps, but instructor training, that's, I am cool. an examiner, I train instructors, yeah. it, those are skills camps, and you walk away accomplishing something together. Like yeah. Matt Tinley and Cody Edgeworth are good friends of ours. Have you met them yet? No. Super good dudes. I think you'll love them. Cool. Um, Cody's birthday video. Oh, my God. I've watched it yeah. 150 <laughs> times at least. Yeah. I fucking love that video. Good job, Gustavo. And super good dudes. But I also think part of what they do is they love that accomplishment together, being yeah. able to do things together. You know, Nick and I get to work on some projects together. And really, as fun as those projects can be, getting it accomplished together and sharing that experience. Mm. That skills camp is a shared experience of totally. success. Yeah, for sure. No better way to do it. How great is that? Yeah. <clears throat> There's um in Europe we've got the Tora Tora Paradise Portugal, which is the biggest skills camp in Europe. Um and we uh actually that that camp came from the idea of Fly Fly, like Peter and Jasper are friends and so uh, Jasper started it in, in uh Portugal. And then um I was able to fly at the as a participant at the Fly for Life camp in Portugal as well. I was they were both at Skat of Algarve, by the way. Great drop zone. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's really nice on those camps when you're a participant to have that unit together and to really like see people progressing alongside you and to, to know them well enough throughout that whole event, those five days, to where you start to get really comfortable. And by the end of it, you know, you guys have all like progressed together and everybody's stoked for each other. And what a great feeling. It, excuse me. It's it's just so cool to see people like you and, and Tex pushing the future. I was talking with Tim Boyd today, one of the drop zone owners, and the sport has come so far, and it's largely in thanks to people like y'all who are putting together these camps. Yeah. You've been cool. doing these skill camps for how long now? The uh, Three years. Three years? Yeah. How much growth have you seen just in those three years? I mean, it's crazy. Like, crazy. One of the guys that came to my um, head up camp was just on the upright world record, but he was like not flying head up at all. And then, well, he was, but you know, not in a big way. And the LSD camps, I'm telling you, like the first one, it was like, oh my God, I didn't, I had to tell the people that I hired as coaches, if you see me getting kind of squirrely, like you can kick me off the camp because I wasn't sure I could fly it. And, and then, you know, all these people have grown in years, like they're fucking crushing it. So that's really a great feeling, right? You see mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's just that mindset of just, I want to do this and I'm going to show up and I'm going to take it seriously and go for it. Like, that's great. And who was this person who was on the 84 way that, can we get a name there? David Bloomfield. David Bloomfield. So you've seen David not really be able to do something like that 84 way and through your skill camps in part able to get to that. How does that make well, you no, feel? That was one camp. But was he like, was he was a big like he was at every head down camp. Yeah. And they went to a lot of the Fly Warriors head up camps because I... 
I, I tried one head up camp and it was really difficult because uh, it was right around the time that the world record was coming uh-huh. out and the Fly Warriors were starting to have a lot of them. But yeah. Yeah. Have you seen any flyers go through a few camps with you and really see their progress? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, really, Avery, like John Aldis. I mean, I can name a few people. David also for the head down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, pretty much everybody that started on those first camps pretty much went to almost every camp for the first year and a half. And it was, I mean, we had to work hard, like Ryan and Marie the first time, and then Allie had to work really hard to, like, not red card people in the first couple camps of just, like, (laughs) we can keep this safe, you know, to where, you know, I think we, I moved my camp to one other drop zone during the summer because it's super hot in Spain during July and August. So I took it to another drop zone, and we were able to put, I think, 45 in it. And um, people were, you know, we almost build those formations. And that was, I think, the fifth or fourth camp. So the progression was fast. How cool is it to see these people grow and become the flyers? It's so awesome. Yeah, it's really like super rewarding, not because I'm flying for them, but just to have been able to see that progress and create a platform where we, myself included, Mm -hmm. were able to fly and go, whoa, how great is this? It's it's. For me, it's one of the ultimate things in skydiving is to build other success. Oh, you know, yeah, it's so I feel cool. That. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. And it's Texas over here shaking his head like he's a broken bobblehead doll in a good way. Uh, I, I no, think man, that's the same great. Role. That's absolutely what it's about. Totally. And, and then, from a professional sense, collaboration with the uh, with people you like and care about and respect, and yeah, it's all about yeah, it's all about building each other up. There's a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff in our sport. And it's kind of just looking around and like realizing it, working together and you know, like this, I got to say this this studio's great. What you guys are doing is have funny but also very cool. Like it's great. She said we're funny. Yeah, you guys are great. You just like that we're making fun of text. <laughs> that's, that's a big part just of it. Just a <laughs> shared pastime that we all enjoy. Yeah. It's one of the greatest pastimes really. It really is. So do you still do anything in the marketing world? Yeah, I'm still running the marketing for the three drop zones. Okay. Um, and uh, I work with Tora Tora with the, uh, the events over there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing the coaching. And then I uh, do a little bit of writing for Skydive Mag. Oh, cool. Just stay busy. Like, I've got my hands on a lot of different different uh, cookie jars out well, there. T- tell me about uh, marketing for a drop zone. Like, what sort of stuff are you usually hey, putting together? Hand me that bottle with a paper wrapper all over it. Oh, yeah. The Basil Hayden's. Basil Hayden's. Um, uh, so yeah, the three drop zones when I came on board were like disjointed. They didn't look like they were from the same family and just kind of really goofy, like eighties, uh, uh, designs and whatnot. I think a lot of drop zones are still stuck in that. Totally. Totally. So when I came on board, I spent about a year rebranding them as a unit, Mm -hmm. the three of them, um, and then building all of the content strategy. So like, um, uh, instructional videos for free flying and for belly, um, and for students, and uh, blogs and infographs, and, like all the content, the photos, and building up the social media, SEO, AdWords, like remarketing, print, um, print uh, designs, and billboards, and flyers, and events, like the full scope of marketing. Um, so I put together the strategy every year, and I've got like a little bit of a team, but they're all kind of part time at each drop zone, um, and uh, it's a blast actually. 
we to take like the brands that are all disjointed and make them into mm-hmm. one big big unit and have everybody see it as like the big powerful drop zones that they are but then also our numbers have just like really increased and that's re- really rewarding and the feeling that people get from the drop zones as well offline or online actually, maybe not when they're there but they can see like wow it's really grown and that's that's a real nice feeling are they all the Enjoy same it. company, parent company? Yeah, it's from okay. a family. It's a British family, um, the Swallow family. It was a mom and dad that started it uh, quite some time ago. They were Skydivers as well. And then uh, the son, James, and, and the daughter, Hannah, are running now the, the three between the two of them. But they're also family uh, family people, and they do a great job. They're both Skydivers. They also have a Wing Glider, which is the air ca- air- airplane leasing company. So uh, we have Dornier aircrafts that are our drop zones. Familiar? Which are awesome. Oh, they're beautiful. So I think we have six or seven. We've got six running and then a seventh uh, in a hangar just getting worked on and some caravans. And uh, we rent those out to other companies as well. But they're pretty much mostly at our drop zones because we're busy. We're busy drop zones and busy with fun jumpers as well. That is a Filipino beer. It's a little bit stronger than average called Red Horse. Yeah, yeah. Good. A buddy of mine brought that. So Adornier, a lot of our jumper friends don't know Adornier, um, and I o- I'm only familiar with the name. Yeah. How big is this jump plane? Um, it seats 15 people, and the door is massive. I mean, it's huge. It, you can fit like the whole crowd outside. Like compared to an otter door. Compared to an otter door, it's still bigger, but its size it's about the same. About the same. Yeah. Just like I think it's wider. We can't hear you, Tex. Oh yeah. Texas singing a love song. A tail dragging otter <laughs> is what Tex said. Straight to Nick. So. Yeah, straight to Nick. No, Tex, I will not go out with you later on. No, Tex. <laughs> oh, no. Put Tex. your pants back on. Oh, does he need tissue? He's crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now Texas. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so th- it's, a, it's basically a, a caravan, passenger size, tail dragging with a larger door similar to an otter, which they're not far off in the first place. Yeah, and we go to, so we fly from 15,000 feet in um, Spain and Portugal and the UK, actually. Um, and it's about 12 minutes to 15 grand. Shit, yeah. Yeah. Twin engine, then. It's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. It's what was that nice, noise again? That was Tex purring at you. Tex. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> no, it's a cool plane. Yeah, they're, they're pretty sweet. It's a beast. Yeah. I mean, you're fighting to not slide down to the end of it almost the entire way up. That thing climbs. Is the, the door still on pilot side? Yeah. 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 Yep. Have you done uh, a lot of jumps out of doors on the other side of an airplane? Uh, yeah. Last weekend, I was in Italy. We were jumping out of porters. Does that fuck your game up at all? Um, No, not really. But uh, it is funny because their jump runs, mm. the ground speed is just super slow on jump runs. So um, it's it's pretty fun. You see a lot of swimming on people's <laughs> exits. We <laughs> jumped uh, out of an uh, adventure boogie in Bovitz. Actually, it had a... What what plane was that? It was on the yeah we were in a porter yeah Yeah, we were jumping out of a porter in uh, Bovec too and um, yeah it's It's funny if anything it's just funny to engineer exits out of that thing because it's a big door but with a nice porch outside but you can't really stick that many people outside at all all, so it's just like kind of a mess if you've got anything more than like a five way coming out there's just not room to fit people or you'll stall them yeah you just there's not room there's no there's no real room and then yeah also like some pilots really don't like anybody being close to this like or hanging on the strut and stuff like that some are cool with it i guess it probably depends on the plane too 
And then, um, yeah, the exits are just, uh, they're pretty funny. Like, you see some really funny stuff. So a lot of our listeners don't know what the porter is. Pilatus is the company. Uh, nine jumpers, if I remember right. is uh, Ten. Most ten? of the ones I've been in. Okay. And really, I, I don't know if you noticed or if any of the ones you've been in, porters can actually open doors on either side in some cases. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, I've seen occasions where they've used the left door. I don't know why they would or wouldn't. Um, but they, I've always, I've jumped only out of right side door porters. Right. So it's a, it's another teledragger. The door width-wise is huge. Yeah, Height-wise yeah. is pretty short. Short, yeah. And uh, man, it, it's it's it is a slow flying. It can hang yeah, in the sky sure. plane. Yeah, so. you, that's why you see some funny swimming on exit because yeah. people just aren't used to no that, that, that little bit of dead air feeling for the first couple seconds. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so adventure boogie, I uh, heard it talked about a little bit. You guys want to share some some stories from that? It's great. Yeah, it's so, great. So just for people that don't know anything about it. Some, so some it's up. another Tora Tora event um, for anybody looking for events to check out next year. Tora Tora is like leading the European events of with creativity and just like full service events. Really great. So Adventure Boogie, I think this is the third year, third year of it, maybe fourth. Um, and it's in Bovet, Slovenia which is just this mountainous, beautiful utopia of nature and outdoor activities. And um, the event is uh, not just skydiving. It's actually skydiving is probably like a third of the event. People come and jump in the mornings and then by noon they're ducking off to go do like canyoning or rafting or um, mountain swooping or ziplining. There's just all of these things that you can do. And, and Tour Tour actually has like um, you get adventure tickets and the tickets are used for skydiving or for any of the extra activities. You're basically just running around with like, you know, 110 other people doing all these epic things all day long that could, you know, be any myriad of different outdoor activities. Um, and then Tora Tora always have like things in the evenings planned out. So maybe like they'll have a day tape at the top of a mountain that you didn't even know that you were going to go up and see it. And you're, you know, underneath a blanket of stars somewhere just watching the day video. And uh, yeah, it's a really cool event, like super, super nice. It sold out, I think, in two hours last Dang. this year. So it's pretty much one of those events that if you are interested, you have to get it right away. It's beautiful. Or be a cool guy organizer. Or just, yeah. Be the new it guy. <laughs> it's that damn Tex. He's so hot oh right now. Oh my god! <laughs> they're they're only gonna console. hire him next year. You are the fresh hotness, Tex. You were just you're in fuego. It was a cool event, man. That, that, <laughs> that place is amazing. So, what was the funnest thing you did that wasn't skydiving? Oof. Um, besides hang out with Alethea. Um, Come on. <laughs> Uh, she already knows you like her. You don't got to try and <laughs> score those cheap points. Right? Well, I mean, it's not skydiving, but well, I mean, it is. But the mountain swooping, man, it blew me away. Shit, that video oh was epic, God. man. It blew me away. So what do you? That, that video I posted. That was the first run I ever did, and I was following my boy Oscar in, who I just trusted like crazy. And I, I man, the first turn uh, is just is incredible, man. Mm. Like I got down, and I just had that feeling where, uh, like, no bullshit. I was like, that's all I want to do. That's it. Is that, like, that's, is that that's, video on Facebook? That's it. Did you put it on uh, Facebook? Yeah, I think it's maybe on Facebook. You, it's definitely it? on Instagram. You but did uh, it for the gram. I know you always do it for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the hottest. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's on Facebook too. Hottest like, Instagram stories I, in the it game. It wasn't like it was the sickest mountain run of all time or anything like that. But it was just to me, it was, it was like, it was profound. 
it was uh so t- tell me about the jump so you guys get out over the mountains yeah you get out they drop you out like over uh pretty much not directly over the mountain but you're fucking close and uh i mean like what altitude yeah, full how? altitude okay. so it's basically a high pool and um depending on the leader they have different exit order like uh, philosophies depending on the leader but uh in this case, uh, Matt Leonard was leading our jump, and uh, so I was get, just with a crew tied. of legends. Ooh, oh, that's badass! But you get tied as a group before you start this line. Is that what happens? Like, yeah, you basically things? y'all y'all flock, uh, just a normal like snake, like canopy flock, mm-hmm. and then you start. They start to set it up over the edge of the mountain, and it was really cool. In Matt Leonard's brief, where he uh, he told us he's like, it's gonna feel like I'm flying to the wrong side of the mountain because it's a really vertical peak and uh, we're going to be going down this side, but it's going to feel like I'm going the wrong way. And it was really cool that he told us that in the brief because sure enough, you would have been shitting your britches. I was, I was was already (laughs) shitting my pants looking at this thing. And then he starts his turn and you're basically imagine like an endless swoop that is starting on the opposite side of the mountain. And then you're coming out of it in your turn onto the side that you're about to attack. And you're just looking at this almost vertical wall and you're following your friend. And uh, I was at the end of a line of just absolute legends and badass canopy pilots. And I was easily the least experienced person there. And it just gave me the confidence to just really uh, go for it. And uh, the visuals are just insane. And I just found it the most instinctive, intuitive kind of flying. Like it felt like, that's what flying your canopy is supposed to feel like. And what what parachute were you on? Uh, my Valkyrie. What size? Seventy nine. Hashtag dream of flight. <laughs> PD. Great product. Nice glasses you got on there, buddy. Love them. Speaking of that, man, your blind man today was sick, dude. I, I don't think that that was a great one. It, I, no, it I wasn't. It wasn't your best, I, but I man, it was dope. I appreciate like, the compliment. Yeah. But every time I do a blind man, I just try. I try and talk shit to myself of, "Hey, fucking pussy, keep flying backwards." Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I do appreciate the compliment, but uh, I've done better. Is that video up online right now, Justin? Yeah, so what's on the right screen on that far monitor is what's actually going out live. That's Bobek. That's uh, Alethea and I doing some some training there at the end of the the event. Well, I was actually, while you were talking through that mountain jump, he was playing it on Facebook Live. So I was actually, Alethea caught me watching and I saw you (laughs) peeking over the corner as well. Yeah, we had some really good jumps there. Yeah, it was nice. So what got Beautiful. you guys into that adventure boogie? Just rep- reputation they invited you to organize there? I think for me, it's just I've been working with Jasper for five years or so. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, we work super well together. So he asked me to start coaching this year. So I'll be coaching. That was the first. I normally work with him on the ground for like logistics and management and like mm-hmm. doing the group organizing. But um, uh, this year he invited me for Adventure in Paradise as a coach. And then Tex, I think you worked with him already. Helicamp. No, I, that was actually the first time I've worked for Tora Tora. Okay. I've, uh, we worked together the month before, but at a not Tora Tora event. Hurricane Just, Madness. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, and then I've known Jasper for a long time. He coached me at flight camp a few years before. And um, so I'd known him for a long time, but it was our first time uh, that he asked me to work with him. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a privilege. It was great. Yeah. Had a had an excellent time and the the yeah it was a it was a life experience for sure and I'm super grateful super grateful. Both of you have really started to push the limits of learning, not just for other people but for yourselves. What drove you and motivate you to become the coaches and and the people you are in skydiving right now? Mm. 
I think for me, it's just this is like a, um, this is a really unique year because it's been so busy. It just uh, um, so the pressure of wanting to do my absolute best and really uh, show what I'm capable of and give people a good experience. I think it's also yeah, it's um, there's like little bit of pressure to be uh, a female coach doing really awesome because you're doing awesome at flying um, and uh, so that's been a factor and and luckily like a lot of my friends are just excelling in the sport in different ways and so I have a lot of people to look up to and to see how they do it learning how techs has been coaching as well and just seeing people's different styles and knowing what I gravitate more towards just having goals I guess mm-hmm. knowing what you want to be what about you, Texas? Texas. Um, wow, well, it's Texas-y. just yeah. It's a, it, the flying is a is a passion, and um, I love coaching. I really enjoy it. And then over the last year or two, especially, I've started to. I'm just I can be so competitive, and so goal oriented. But uh, over the past year or two, I've really started to exercise, just a lot of gratitude and realization of like. Um, how many amazing opportunities and life experiences that I'm, I'm getting because of this passion. Um, and yeah, it's just been, uh, I'm getting to do things that I just never thought would happen. I never thought I'd be in the mountains of Slovenia watching a day tape and watching all my friends shred and, and being around people I love and, and doing stuff like that on an almost weekly basis, you know? And, uh, it all started with just a passion for flying and then a passion for flying with my friends and new people and coaching them. And then in terms of people that had a huge impact on me, it was definitely my friends here at Spaceland that always supported me, um, either supported me by flying with me or uh, encouraging me or attending my camps. And then uh, after that, I, I saw some of my friends and peers going for it the way that I have over the past year or two and having success people like, uh, like Ryan Risberg and, uh, Roberto, uh, Monfi, mm-hmm. right. And you know, who's from Spaceland, and, and seeing them get out there and charge hard and, and just be themselves and stay passionate and stay students and have that success. And, uh, yeah, it inspired me. I want to get back to Alethea for once in a second, but I do want to see, you said in the last two years, your thought process has changed and I, I've got so much respect and my hats off to you because I have watched you grow tremendously as a skydiver and I've watched the humility that you've kept and grown both in the sport. And I just love the respect you pay the sport, the respect you pay others. And I just love the attitude and the professionalism you carry through brother. You, you have, been absolutely a phenomenal ambassador of what we do. So, uh, mad, mad, mad respect to you, Tex. I got a lot of respect and love for you, dude. Thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah it so. goes goes both ways, man. Yeah, you go both ways. <laughs> That's interesting. Hey, and he's out of the closet. All right, congratulations. So, Back not not everybody has access to awesome coaches. Like maybe, um, I think we have a fair number of uh, new skydivers who listen to this, and a fair number of people who don't live around big drop zones like like Spaceland. So I get this feeling when I see someone coaching who I know is totally not qualified to be teaching what they're teaching, 
And I don't think that there's a good place for me to interject in that conversation of like, hey, Bob, you shouldn't talk to that guy because he's a fucking idiot. He's not going to teach you anything. And I really hope you're not paying him. This is the conversation I want to have. But instead of having that conversation, maybe you can shed some light on what someone should look for when they're looking for a good coach. Oh, that's real difficult, especially if you're new because you just don't even know who to ask who would be a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody's really, everybody's an expert. I've got my coach rating, so that means I can just coach everything yeah. in the sport, right? Oof, that's really difficult, actually. I have like I would 20 say solo like, free flies. Hell yeah, dude. I backslide <laughs> like a motherfucker trying to catch yeah. me. I'm not backsliding, I'm flocking. <laughs> I wasn't backsliding, you guys were all backsliding Yeah, as why a group. were y'all all flying away from me? <laughs> <laughs> I would almost say like, if it's like currently checking out, you know, the Fly for Live camps and the the Paradise or the, the Tour Tour camps, starting with those coaches, those are all free fly events and wingsuit events. But looking at some of the names of the coaches that are hired for some of the more notoriously well-known um, camps, because then you're going to start to see some names and, and uh, you know, like... At Paradise and with Tour Tour, they're not just hiring anybody. You know, you've for sure they bring up like at Fly Fly at Paradise Portugal. Fly Fly does the same where you bring up some of the newer coaches and you have them learn from like the more experienced coaches. But you're still there's a level of safety involved there before they're hired on. So, um, you know, you can't even say all drop zone coaches <laughs> are necessarily safe or know what they're doing or even fly very well. It's a difficult one. It's yeah. Find texts on Facebook. And <laughs> I, I would say just that. Find the coaches that you're looking at on Facebook and look at what events they've been doing. Totally. And Are uh, they doing events? Exactly. I looked at you. I stalked you on Facebook. And cool. I, everything you're doing, I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be so easy to talk about different things. Oh, yeah. Text, same thing. And the only reason I know what you've been doing lately is Facebook. It, it's I, I don't follow all the events you're doing, but you're tagging all these events. So yeah. check out what they're doing. Yeah. What would you suggest for finding a good coach, Texas? It's tough, especially when you're new, because I think the biggest skill uh, that you you can uh, obtain as a as a younger jumper is figuring out who to listen to and who not to listen to. Oh, that's a tough one. And that is tough, right? Like, how do you? It's very hard to define, but we all know through experience of being in the sport for a while that we have that discerning eye now, where we kind of our intuition tells us this person's full of shit or, uh, you know, they're just a big ego and maybe they're really capable, but their ego doesn't make them a good coach or they're a great flyer, but not a good coach. Or even, even on the flip side of that, they're a decent, competent flyer, but an excellent coach, very well thought out, very safe, you know, uh, great philosophy in terms of their approach to flying and teaching people. Yeah. It's very difficult for a young jumper to to figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have access to a world-class coach. So I think very simple things would be if the person that is approaching you as a quote-unquote coach um, and you're a younger jumper that may not have that discerning eye yet, very simple things you can look for is just like... Uh, what what what's the group size you know how interested is this person in fundamentals you know teaching like taking everything and making it as simple as possible and uh how good are they at explaining the safety aspects of it you know the parts that should really stand out to me the most as somebody that's learning something that i don't know what i don't know yet how how much information are they getting giving to me that uh opens my eyes to something that i 
wasn't aware of before you know they started to coach me because if you're young and you're a beginner almost everything should be uh, an, an eye-opening uh drop of knowledge so if they're not giving you that or you feel like you're always being pushed outside of your comfort zone in a way that you don't quite understand what direction or philosophy this particular person has on teaching that should be a red flag I, uh, I call this the Mr. Miyagi approach, what you just said. Danielson was taught wax on, wax off. If Danielson understood he was learning to block, maybe he would have focused on waxing a lot better, right? If your coach can't tell you why you're working on a skill set you're working on and what application it's going to have to your future, then chances are they don't know what they're doing. They're just mimicking. I heard text tell Alethea this one day, so I'm going to repeat what he said. So Alethea is, I'm getting coaching. My coach is always telling me, all good things. I'm always doing great. It's all really good. Mm. Is that a sign of a good coach to you? If that's all they can tell me is great things about me? It depends. Like I lean towards more positive side of pretty much everything in life. So, so I'm a very with positive the way coach. that I, with the yeah. way that I'll coach, like I'll try to preface everything with like what they've done. Right. And then, mm. and then, um, and then str- like in a strong but soft delivery, like let them know how they can work on it. Cause I think it's hard, hard dish for uh, men to be coached by a female. If they're not doing really well, then you have to like kind of soften that Quit thing. Threatening my masculinity. Okay. Sorry, hashtag toxic, toxic masculinity. I know when, well, it's a threat <laughs> to my <laughs> hashtag male privilege. <laughs> flight privilege is so good. Dude, I almost hashtag flight power the other day. Maybe that's uh, over the line. Text loves that uh, one. Yeah, we're using that. It's, it's coming, man. Flight privilege. <laughs> flight I like power. What, I like what you just said because I'm I'm the same way. And I have friends who do some coaching who all they will say is the good things about a person. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, why am I going to you for coaching if I'm already yeah. doing everything good? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. you're also, and I've done a little bit of coaching with text, not much. We did that VFS camp together. And I love the way Tech spoke to me because, number one, when you needed to be firm, you were firm, but you weren't rude. You weren't a dick. You were just like, you you got your point across, but then you were also very constructive, not like, you're doing this wrong. You're like, this is what you need to do. Focus on the fix, not the problem. Yeah, go Go ahead. ahead. No, you. You You guys are so cute (laughs) together. Oh, my God. I just want to cuddle both of you right now. Go ahead. Bring it in. Hold on, we're hugging. <laughs> Get out of here. Did you guys just eye fuck each other? <laughs> who, Tex and who? I'll beat him up. Wasn't me. I, what I was going to say was, I think, well, and you know this from training a hundred times the people I have, um, the, the art is in communicating with different people, different personalities. Everyone has a different way of learning. Um some people are going to be more closed off naturally for whatever reason. It could just be, yeah, could just be their ego. It could be some sort of weird cool. dynamic between the sexes of the coaches or their, their nationalities or, or whatever it is. And so the, the art form is figuring out how to communicate with different people and also knowing a lot about yourself too, as the coach, like for me trying to talk like Alethea, and be a sweetheart the entire time Comes is going is going to come off really <laughs> shitty, really weird feeling you know what i mean people people will read me better if i'm myself and mm-hmm. that that is a little bit maybe corn. more more straightforward more corn fed style <laughs> uh you know uh America. communication yeah and um and so you got to know what works for you as a coach and then also 
have a real baseline and we're all human and like throughout the day managing as your coach like managing your own expectations for your students and uh and just learning how to get through to people uh in different ways and and some people you got to really finesse them um and then some people you need to they really respond well to like pulling them aside and being like hey you cannot do that again all right here's how you're not going to do it again here's why it's important you're not going to do it again we clear yeah cool you know and then that wouldn't work for somebody else and somebody else you got to say hey you know look at all the things you're doing great Let's focus on those, and rather than get caught in the weeds over here um, with uh, with your attention, let's put the attention back on the things that you're good at, and uh, and you'll start to excel naturally in these other areas. So it really uh, it really depends on on who you're talking to and what your personal skill sets are, which is why it's really exciting to start coaching more and more with Alethea because we have totally different skill sets and just natural personalities and how we connect with people. And yeah, she's, she's a definitely, sweetheart. yeah, she's definitely so <laughs> yeah, people probably like her. I bet which is <laughs> not something you get very often. Yeah, true. It's, what is that like? <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to say something before he had cut you off a little bit. I ago. forgot. That was such an eloquent way of putting it. Good job. You have done so much to influence this man with no class and culture. No one has ever defined me as eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> also never said you have culture, unless we're yeah, talking about fair, what's growing in your underwear. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> <So>. Yucky. <laughs> Yucky. Um, chameleon is really, I think, a key word to a good coach or a good teacher. Adapting to the students you have in front of you. How do you find that, Alethea, in your students? How do you find what they need, and how do you bring that into yourself? Really like that first session with them before we even start jumping or having our morning coffee together and getting to know each other and just like using that as a way to break the ice and like we're all bullshitting about, well, when did you skydive? What are you doing? And I'm learning about like maybe what they think of their skill level, but also like, you know, starting to see things in their personality a little bit, like who's open and who's closed and who's kind of got the ego in front of them and maybe who's a little insecure, or quiet and and then trying to build it all together throughout the jump. And you see, you know, like it starts to get into a little bit of a um, you can predict it in, in some ways. Somebody shows up in your group and you already know, like she's going to need you know, this to kind of help bring her up and this guy's going to, okay, he's going to respond better to humor or, you know, this is a, this is a German. (laughs) I need to say it in a few words very loudly and that's it. Like, okay, (laughs) got my work cut out for me. (laughs) But like you kind of, yeah, you just read them and (laughs) yeah. I thought yeah. you were looking at me to make another Holocaust joke. <laughs> oh. I, uh, Germans are great. They show up and they want to work. No oh, smiles dude, needed. German, German yep. people are super hardworking. I have a good oh, friend God, who's, a, who's a German software designer. He uses the or he designed the software that we use to edit Tandem videos. Oh. They're also developing uh, a manifest uh, software. Oh, okay. But he's a brilliant guy. He speaks like five languages. Super smart. Um, he's a computer programmer. Has been since the 80s. And it's like, dude, like when I start to think that I'm someone who works hard, I look at this guy and it's like, dude, when do you fucking sleep? Yeah. He he's up all night uh, fielding questions for his uh, uh, American clients, and then is traveling all over the place. He does a lot of the software that runs some of the the tunnels out there. Cool. The the Utrecht City Skydive. Yes, yeah, I know he he does theirs. He does uh, the Botrop Tunnel, a few other Botrop, ISG yeah. tunnels. Cool. But uh, yeah, hardworking people. Hell yeah, they are definitely yeah. 
get when, it done. When you get people show up for a coach, oh man, the Germans, I, I, that sidetracked my brain, the Germans. Have you heard Stephen and Trent's German free fly story at Nash or at Worlds one day? No. So Stephen and Trent, uh, Stephen Boyd is one of the guys who runs the drop zone. Trent uh, does the aircraft company. They're the free fly team anomaly back in the day. Super, super badass. If you're listening to this, go, or go to YouTube, Spaceland Anomaly, and check out their free fly routines. This free fly routine is 14 Legendary. years old, and it will cool. still smoke today's competition. They're gooch to gooch, really a routine, <laughs> really a move. They are so tight, so money. It's cool. But they're at Worlds, and the German free fly team are walking, Tex, you're going to love this, are walking up to each other, and one of them will grab the other one and just cup their balls and go, are you relaxed? Tex, I'm relaxed. Because <laughs> <What>? <laughs> if I grab your junk right now, I'm going to be able to tell if you're relaxed That's or not. That's not going to work for <laughs> so me. So I know what we're adding to our handshake in the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Are you relaxed? The year Tex quits Our handshake is going to be two minutes long by, <laughs> by the end of the year, Nick. Well, it doesn't so, take me that long. So. Walk up to Trent or Steven and see how well they remember it. They've shared the story and just walk up and by act like you're grabbing them and say, are you relaxed? Uh, I can your guarantee I'm not walking up to Trent and grabbing his junk. <laughs> Justin's got this uh, their their routine. Oh my there god, the they're right so wonderful, man! And Sick. I mean, years ago. What year is this? I'm going to guess this is seven. Okay, seven without tunnel too. Without tunnel. What in the fuck? Yeah. So sick. Jed it was their video guy. Totally sick. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. Super dope flyers. Those, those boys. Like but, no tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Shredders, what? man. How long would this take? Exactly. Is that, I can't even fathom how long this would carve. take me to figure out one of these moves without tunnel. That was sick. Dude, they're just such dynamic flyers, man. So Such strong flyers. And there's the gooch to gooch. <laughs> right there, man. <laughs> Fucking rad. Like, gooch to gooch. So they're one's head down, one's head up, and they're doing, they're flying like the splits. Scissoring? Cut, yeah, they're scissoring. What if we say taint to taint? Run, it, run that, it back to it. But we, they called it the gooch have, to gooch. Can we make a free fly team There it is name? right there. Gooch to gooch. <laughs> <laughs> man, just such mad respect to them. I actually asked Trent recently if he would be on the show, and he did not say no. So uh, that that's a possibility. He that. did not say no. Please, He's just going to come and talk about right wing politics. Oh yeah, hours. just let him Reagan go. Reagan Bush eighty eight. Let, yeah. let him go. <laughs> Dude, he wears a Reagan God, Bush eighty eight shirt. He has is like it several like from of them. the original, like from oh, yeah, the eighty eight? Like, I'm positive. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, no. this guy's great. Yeah. That video gooch you made gooch. of Trent. Back okay, in the day. so oh, I want to I want to talk about this video because it never got posted anywhere online. Yeah, so I, I got to show this to you later. I was filming something for Javine and all something about. Uh, I think it was an Under Armour thing. But anyway, I was walking around with, with my camera and I passed by, I walked through the door and passed by Trent and the vending machine. He's like, hey, you want, just making a joke. He's like, hey, you want to make a movie about me buying something out of the vending machine? And I said... Sounds like a great movie. Yeah, it was. Well, I said, okay, only if whatever you pull out of the vending machine is your gun. And so th- <laughs> this happened, we filmed it. And so I edited it all together, and we didn't really know. Like, there was something funny to be found in it, and we just couldn't figure out what, what it is. So it, we sat on it for a week, and I play, you know, we, we would both watch it and try and come up with what the, what the text was going to be at the end. And there were a lot of, like, God, I'm going to make myself out to be a really terrible person right now. <laughs> but uh, there were a lot of anti-gun protests going on, and trend is very much pro second amendment it's an understatement america. Uh, fuck yeah america hell yeah <laughs> but, america but the text at the end <laughs> went something to the tune of um gun violence affects one in every 
10,000 Americans, but heart disease or whatever, I don't remember what we had said, kills one in two or whatever it is. So maybe you could you should complain about something else. It was in poor taste, but watching it with Trent, it was hilarious. And it never got posted anywhere because I told Trent that he had to... It was filmed at the drop zone. And I was like, if you, dude, if you want to post this, you got to show it to Steve Sr., the owner of the drop zone. If he says okay, then okay. I don't give a shit where it goes. I don't care what people say about it. But I'm not going to get in a whole lot of trouble over this this joke of a video we posted. <laughs> it just but, makes no sense. You're watching it like, what am I yeah, watching yeah, right why, now? Yeah. And then, like, Total random. The, the same so feeling random. that all the people listening right now are having. Yeah, <laughs> awkward. Why the fuck would you make that? I don't know. Uh, it's so good, it's, though. It's art. Don't question, oh, don't question my I methods. I fucking laughs to tears, man. It was so funny. Yeah, because it's unexpected. I think yeah, that's part, and Trent's part of... Yeah, Trent's so serious in the video. He's like, just imagine him acting. Yeah, and Trent's, murdered me, Trent man. is so totally not someone you would imagine not at all. They're like hey like, dude let's 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 play pretend and make movies yeah exactly like, no, not at not all your personality <laughs> not but man it was a lot of fun <laughs> i still wish that video would get released to the wild well maybe talk him into it he still got it yeah. he told me he watched it just the other day i look forward to the next video you release in the wild it is a <laughs> promo video for the film festival yeah i think hey, i think oh. we'll drop that next week nice it, it, i think it was to me it was done in my brain and then i got some really good footage from from looking to build i think i'm gonna just throw a few seconds in there and uh i might rework the ending just a little bit but uh yeah it's mostly done we'll yeah. say next week i can promise next week i it is every so the first film festival promo video you did it blew my mind i love what you did i still did. think that that's my favorite one too and i really like it because of the music a whole lot the music is is my favorite music of them all is this but like a skydiving film fest yeah so every year uh coming up here in october we have a film festival where anyone's welcome to enter the rules are it has to be 5 minutes or less and uh, it has to be in some way tied to skydiving or air sports or, or something like that. Cool. And I think that we would even take, I don't know, I can't imagine us shooting down a video for content of being like, oh, you included that and we're fucking skydivers and we're too cool for that. Like, I think if it was made well, I don't think we're going to give a shit what, what's really in the video. <gasps> but um, What a great there, idea. There are prizes, lots of sponsors. So mo- my video is mostly promoting the sponsors that, uh, that are throwing down prizes. So I try to come up with a lot of creative logo reveals for, for these nice. sponsors. Killer Nick's, job. Nick's trailers for the actual event itself are fucking incredible. Awesome. We had, That's really cool, you you've guys. Seen it, you've seen, I've shown you quite a few of Nick's videos. The Look yeah. in the Build video, yeah. the Tropical Space Camp, the most recent one. Like You've seen a lot of his work. Yeah. I mean, he just fucking kills it's it. It's super cool. It's We've had a dozen entries the last two years, 12 to 13 entries. Uh, the, this is our third year now, so our third year flyers over there behind Justin. Yeah. And this year we have uh, GoPros on board. All three years GoPros given a, brand, a free GoPro camera out. Uh, there are uh, there's an Aries 2 and a Protract 2 sitting over there and those in the back are actually Aries 2 and Protract 2 for the winners of the film festival. The ones on the front of the table are yours by the way. Um, oh, we'll talk about that you. later. Um, we have uh, free swoop shorts from Matande Wee, uh, jumpsuit manufacturing company. I have not talked to Cookie yet, but Cookie has always supported it with a large discount off of a G3 or a Fuel. I'm hoping they will do it with a G4, G4 right? <laughs> you got your G4 yet? Not yet. Oh, Sounds they're way. super comfy, oh, man. Super comfy. Nick awesome. refuses to fly his because he doesn't want to get it dirty. It's, it's so pretty. Oh, my God. That's cute. <laughs> this is this is the problem. Is I almost always jump with the camera because yeah. I edit a lot of video. Yeah. So if I'm on a good skydive and I don't have a camera, I'm like, fuck, I should jump the camera. I could have used it. But it's so pretty, I don't want to stick a stupid fucking mount on yeah. it and make it look less pretty. 
So, uh, yeah, I've flown it in the tunnel co- a couple of times. I think I've taken it on two, maybe three skydives. What color mm-hmm. is it? It's uh, olive green. Yeah, nice oh, one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good. It's sexy. It's so pretty. Oh, yeah. Eight free jumps from Skydive Spaceland as part of the prize. Yeah, Spaceland sponsoring Ooh. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it. LSD participation. Boom. There you go. Boom. We had this really cool video one year called Wolf Pack. Yeah. It actually was a great video, too. I'm not being silly. It was really good. But the promo video is going to be off the hook. So I want to go back to this coaching idea because I'm naked in the video. What? 100% Spoiler alert. Rated 100%. You just you could not hold back could you? <laughs> Jimmy Wynn, keep your clothes hey, on. Hey, come son. on. Don't bring up Jimmy. Jimmy's so excited right naked now. Naked with his G4 on. <laughs> Shit, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> now he's got to reshoot yep. another scene. Um so one of the things uh, I went through physical therapy. Oh, God, don't leave me back. Okay, cool. My hand Do was you crushed talk by about the it? Um, I went through physical therapy for my shoulder, and at some point my therapist was like, man, any exercises I give you to do, you sit there and you dissect it for a minute, and then you just you, you do them really well. And after a while, she found out I'm a skydiving coach. I train people to learn. And she's like, man, always coaches are the best students. So as coaches, and really I want to hear from Alethea, but also Tex, as coaches, what do you expect out of your students and even in reflection of yourself when you're a student? What makes the best learner, I guess? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think the people that just really have that ego removed is uh, that's a big that's a big one. And uh, that's going to be hard for me because I know fucking everything about skydiving. Shit. I know. I don't even know why I'm at this camp. <laughs> I should be teaching you guys. You guys really get those people, though, right? What? Those people exist. Oh, for sure. Oh, man. The people like who you just majority. can't give coaching. <laughs> really? That's fucking sad. Nah, that's not true. But there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. It's just a defense barrier. It's just, oh, I didn't have a that perfect jump. So, hey, I fuck up skydives a lot. Mm. It's, it's what I'm best we at don't. in the sport. We're it. <laughs> we're the it couple. We're ATX, baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think a, a lot of it is just getting the, the ego out of the way and then just, I don't know, just showing up, like showing up, just really ready for it. Embracing the process. Yeah. Some people actually understand that concept and I'm guilty of it. I didn't understand it. Like, I was so competitive with myself and even my peers and wanted to be as good as the people that I looked up to, even if it wasn't in a a negative way, but it was just so hyper-focused on performance and not enjoying the process. But I feel like the best students, they typically learn so quickly because they take their ego out of it and also... Yeah, they're just uh they're just having fun with the process because we all know now that we have thousands of skydives like like it goes quick, you know? Like uh think of an eye. Yeah, like you you're when you got 200 jumps, you're like, "Oh, I'm never going to be blah blah." And the next thing you know, you blink an eye and you got 2000, you know? It's like enjoy the enjoy the process and you'll uh, you'll learn a lot more than if you're uh if you're either beating yourself up or you're expecting more out of your coaches and everybody, you know, like take that expectation out and just focus on each individual jump. How much do you think, and I really text because I've, I've watched you grow up. I haven't watched you grow up. Um, how much has changed since, or how much would you attribute your change to self-awareness? <laughs> mm, um, 
Yeah, quite. It's like, a good dad noise in there. Mm, John dad Walker noise? would be proud of you. Is that a dad noise? Shout Is out there John. something y'all want to share right now? Well, Hank there? Hilly, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> that was All pretty right. good. Damn it, what? Bobber. Um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's huge. Uh, I think, um, unfortunately, for me personally, my I guess journey and learning and stuff. Man, that video is sick. We're watching yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Last year, this is last oh, year's man. film festival. So promo. good. But I, I still like the year before this better than I like this one. This one was still a lot of fun. Man, it was cool. Um, yeah, it's it's huge because just like she said, taking the ego out of it and things like that, it really does open you up to allowing yourself to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Like push yourself and not hold back or like uh, especially when you're getting like maybe pretty decent at flying holding yourself back by not wanting to make mistakes and not wanting to push yourself or put yourself in a position where maybe you aren't going to fucking nail it on that jump or you're not going to be the best person on that jump you know and you see that with people that like they have real obvious weak spots in their game or in their mental game they have really obvious, you know, weaknesses where it's like they don't have a perfect jump and you lose them for the rest of the day. You know, you just can't, can't get them back or something like that. So, yeah, the self-awareness is huge. It's, it's huge. It's being, uh, it's being open to making mistakes and pushing yourself and figuring out what uh, like really what clicks for you. I like something that you said. And, and for me, I, I'll make a mistake and I try to be very aware of this next statement Alethea can tell me, yo, DJ, you were doing this. And my answer can be, but I was doing this because of, and that could be a very valid reason. And it could be legitimately why. And so many students will tell me, but, but I want you to understand my mindset and I want you to understand. And and this is the struggle I get is if I focus on what my mindset was, I'm going to repeat that mistake. If instead I listen to you, the coach and let you show me where to go, chances are I'll improve that. Is that something, is that something you share an experience? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh I think it's just being just being open, I guess. Open to to like again, I I keep saying showing up, but I feel like showing up is just like really getting there and just being open and ready to receive that the coaching or input, you know, and kind of stepping outside of yourself in order to because you're going to resonate with different coaches and different learning styles, but if you you really show up open and ready for it, then it's sort of a little bit of a journey, as Tex puts it, throughout the process of, uh, of um, you know, maybe getting out of your own way and trying something new. And maybe it works for you or it doesn't or, you know, um, somebody else could, could teach you in a different way. Or maybe it's just not your day, but just really sort of opening yourself to the experience. That's hard. And what's a... So, so that's a good mindset for people to come in with. But what's a big red flag? You see somebody walk in to to a camp or a coaching session, and you immediately go like, "Oh man, this guy is not going to take away what he could or or she." I think it's like the guy that just has come in kind of like a bull, and he's you know already in the introduction, over speaking everybody in the group and talking about how good he is and. You already know in the first 30 seconds, like, fuck, he's going to be a little dangerous, you know, because they're just, they come in like burly and they want to, in the first minute, establish with everybody how dominant and great and big they are. Wait, and that's we're talking really about meeting Tex again? <laughs> 
<laughs> Just kidding. That's a really uh, difficult. Like that. It's not 2017 anymore. You've come a long way. You've <laughs> come so far. I've grown up so much in the last 18 months. <laughs> yeah. They grow so fast. Hey, good for you. Grow so fat. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are we still talking about tux or little? He's tux. a grower, not a shower. All right. <laughs> He's looking at his watch again. Is this done yet? Is this done yet? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is officially my bedtime in three minutes. <laughs> so it's been popping in here. Just saying. Mm. Think about that corn joke. Oh. Back to the back to the cornography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. Zinging. Uh, so uh, it, those people are very obvious. Those people are scary. One of the things that I've struggled with when I, and I do a lot of canopy courses, so that's the groups I typically deal with. Sometimes it's an instructor or coach rating courses that I deal with that personality. What do you tell and how do you help the other participants deal with that personality? Sorry, I didn't point at you. I did. I kind of like find a nice way to just shoot them down real quick so that they get on level with everybody. And then everybody else realizes that like the coach doesn't think they're that cool. So I don't know. It might sound weird, but it's just like pop that balloon a little bit and then they get down a level and the rest of the people feel a little bit more comfortable right you've just got those people that come in really as bulls and and the whole dynamic changes and you know they're a little bit of a weapon up there because uh they just overestimate everything and they just really mm. need to prove themselves so much that if you can knock them down a couple notches, it's going to help them learn and be a little bit more humble. And if you're a little bit more humble, you're a little bit more open and it helps for the other people to fly with that person as well. I find that, and I agree with you and I like what you say, but there's a couple challenges I find with that. And one of them is some egos you just can't deflate no matter how hard you, sorry, yeah. Tex, I did not mean to touch your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, some yes, egos you did. can't deflate no matter yeah. what. And and that one is really kind of hard to overcome. In those situations, I'll calmly go with the other participants on a break or as we're walking around like, man, you know, I'm so sorry, dude. I'm really trying to work with these guys. Uh, you know, Just be patient with me as I work with a group. And I won't point out any problems, yeah. but for me, that overcomes that. But when you pop somebody's ego, and and commonly they're actually receptive, do you just leave it there or do you try to build them back up? Not build it up for sure. Like you want the experience to be a good one for everybody, but it's just, it's managing those like really heavy personalities with the other maybe more neutral personalities. Mm -hmm. And then you don't want to make anybody feel terrible. Once in a while, like you have just either at the event in general or in your group, you have somebody that's really like, wow, and the coaches' meetings are discussing this person because their personalities are so um, heavy for the event or for their group, you know? But those are kind of, they're not at every event. But um, yeah, you, you want to be able to get them down to a level where they're able to be coached and they're safe in a group and they're not putting added stress on the rest of the participants, but you also want them to be able to get something positive out of the experience. So you don't want to kind of like beat them down and continue to bash them. You just want to help get them to a a neutral place for their learning. I love uh, what you're saying. And Thomas Hughes, I've actually watched him use a similar approach and he's very quick to check somebody and and like somebody starts speaking over him. He's like, we're going to be up front. This is my camp. You're paying me. I'm the one speaking. I promise you, you get time to talk, but you're never going to talk over me again. And the guy immediately shut his face and looked like he got scorned. And I I thought this guy was going to be butthurt the rest of the day. But within two minutes, maybe three minutes, he actually went back to the guy and joked with him. 
comment and made a friend. Like, oh, yeah, yeah no, and ma- made him his friend again. Yeah, totally. And I love that technique. I love that version yeah. that if I'm going to scorn you, I need to make sure you understand I Corned. still love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, he got corned. Totally unintentional, Texas but it was there. face is full of pride. <laughs> Gay pride. <laughs> that was a knee slapping. I can hear out. your knee slapping from three feet from the mic. That was wonderful. Uh, that was great. Good job. Um, really wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the European scene, and and we it, we really haven't, but I think we have because all these things you've talked about with your camps and what's going on, that is what's going on. In, yeah. in Tight pants, straight legs, smoking cigarettes. What else? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now I know why Texas in Europe. Tight pants and men hugs. Huh? That's why you've been <laughs> coaching in Europe. Is that what it is? What? What? Huh? Yeah. I haven't experienced. You guys should see him that. over there. I've never seen him dressed like this before. Oh this this straw hat <laughs> he's wearing in the overalls today with the cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, in Europe, no, it's like really skinny jeans, kind of low with like a fanny pack with jewels on it, and then like I some bold rim glasses. Yeah, maybe? exactly. What are you doing right now? <laughs> As his accent gets even thicker. <laughs> I'm a cornbread American male. <laughs> I have you know <laughs> cornbread. Corn cornbread. 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 I was raised on skillet. That was a good one. <laughs> raised on skillet. This is so good. Drove past the first Waffle House I've ever seen in real life. That was great. Whoa, 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 whoa. Her, reac- cool. her reaction made me so happy. She's like, that's a Waffle House. Dude, honestly, I was hoping that you guys were going to be down here sooner so we could go to Waffle House. Oh that that was the fantasy I lived out. And you guys I was like, let me down. What's their vegan selection? Yeah, I'm like, well, that 20 minutes later, are he you stopped vegan? laughing. <laughs> I am vegan. Get the fuck out of here with that okay. shit. <laughs> I was vegan for like 10 years, so I got to say it. So I have oh, yeah. a legit vegan question for oh, you. you do? Not the like, will you eat eggs or butter crap? Oh, yeah. Will I eat fish? No, 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 no. <laughs> honey. That is the one vegan oh, question. Yeah, because that's a legit one. question. That is a legit Where question. Where do you stand on honey? I go with agave syrup. <laughs> now, it, if I'm going to do. Like a, a honeyish thing, yeah. but I'll put agave in my oatmeal. And why do you nice. choose to be vegan? Is it a health? Is it an animal? It's the animal, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got vegan friends. I, w- I will make no fun of it. It's, yeah. There's nothing oh, but wrong you with can. It. It's yeah. okay. I've, uh, I've been like plant based for about twenty four years. Yeah. So I've heard it all. I've eaten. A, I've eaten vegetarian several times in my life for one two years at a time. <laughs> she, I she had a veggie sliding. meal one no, time. Yeah. No, my <laughs> wife. One time. When my wife and I started dating. She was vegetarian, and you turned her good man. She's into meat now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Never you know, hold on, dude. The cinnamon roll place the other day, Cineholic. Oh my god! This vegan cinnamon roll place is off the take fucking. Wait a minute. It's vegan. It's the one over here by Costco. Yeah, I don't tell anyone that because most rational people will be like, "It's vegan. I'm not fucking going there. It's probably gross." But it is super delicious. Is no, it sugar free? It's sugar insane. free. Sugar free. Fuck you. It's sugar free. It's it's sugar. It's only sugar percent sugar. <laughs> it's sugar full. Sugar free, so I can yeah. eat it. It's totally sugar free. <laughs> Boom. I'm yeah. in. Let's go. Yeah. I'm gonna have a cinnamon roll. It's a zero calories cinnamon roll. They are so goddamn good. Vegan cinnamon roll. America. I can't believe y'all actually drove by a Waffle House. I thought text by default stopped every time he saw one. It's the one right by the airport. So it was. F- Literally two minutes after I picked her up, we, you drive past the Waffle House, and her reaction made me laugh so hard because it's just one of those things that you're, huh? That's not even notable. I've literally ate at that Waffle House maybe twenty times <laughs> by myself when I get home I from have a my flight, own and booth. I just stop. Yeah, exactly. They're like uh, the usual, sir. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We caught the text here. <laughs> have you taken her to Bucky's yet? 
No, we'll do that uh, on our way to Austin for sure. Well, there you go. Yeah. Buckies. Yeah, it's just beaver. Do nuggets. they have corn? What? <laughs> <laughs> beaver they nuggets. Got, they got oh, yeah. beaver nuggets. So they definitely got those. What? <laughs> they're 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 probably it's vegan. All, yeah, totally. 100%. 100% vegan. Mostly. All natural. Yeah, yeah. I've never I mean, heard the word beaver and nugget in a sentence together. <laughs> You're from Oregon. Don't they important. have beaver nuggets yeah. in Oregon? No. We have corn. <laughs> I saw no and corn spam. in Oregon. Spam. You didn't no. see corn in Oregon? Spam. I also wasn't really looking much at corn. I was sleeping half the time I was driving, so... <laughs> How's that work? Uh, weed's legal in Oregon. You fall asleep when you drive. Wait a minute. That's not what I said. Uh, <laughs> um, busted. Busted. Did you just tell on me, Tex? Um, no, I, uh, I really don't know. if I don't think we saw any corn. I definitely thought that was going to be an Asian squinty eye joke. Oh, so the sky. Thank y'all. <laughs> we aim so steering well. It is, it's like Target. <laughs> <laughs> It's how my mom says it, man. I just can't help myself. <laughs> Tex doesn't know what to do with someone. Mm-hmm. So go uh, Europe skydiving. That's what we were getting to. Um, your segues are so it. good. Just my all of it. The segue is, go so ahead, you're skydiving. That's skydiving what you're doing. in Europe and go. <laughs> yeah, and I've lost my track. It's a good setup. Yeah. Usually pretty good at bringing it back tonight. I'm lost. I'm done. <laughs> this sobriety thing sucks, man. I need a drink right now. Um, what's going on and, and what is the future with skydiving in Europe? Well, what's the next big thing happening? Yeah, that's, um, so I can't predict the future, but skills camps are huge in Europe. Um, I actually was really surprised to find out that there's not a lot of, uh, events here in Europe. They are, but they're mostly like, or USA, sorry, (laughs) but they're, they're more like, um, personal events, I guess is what we would describe it as. Like I was just talking to Jesse about the, the events in the U S I had no idea Jet- there were. Oh, never mind. Tex. Oh, yeah, Texas. Uh, Texas. But I'm um, really sorry about that. Europe, there's a ton. Like we have so many events over there, and and uh, mostly skills camps, smaller ones, but also super big ones. And uh, I feel like in the last couple of years, the progression of skills camps, or just the progression of skydivers in general and what they want from events, has um, gotten a little more refined. Mm-hmm. So you get high level with like the full scope where you go to an event like say Adventure or Paradise Portugal and everything is set up, your housing, your dinner plans, your evening plans, your coaches, you know, we move the groups every day. There's a coach meeting. Is this person good with the bowl guy? And like, do we need to move it around a little bit? Are they getting what they need out of the camps? And that's kind of like you see the boogies. There's still like the Flanders boogie that's super big and still rocking and still super good. But you sort of see people showing up at those boogies looking for a skill type skills camp type of experience because that's what people, even if they're maybe not used to it yet, are getting into like they're really looking for that that progressive and progression based event i think the most consistent and regular skill-based kind of thing in the u.s and text you're gonna have to help me to see if i'm right here is uh fly for life boys yeah absolutely and they've set the standard honestly probably even in europe as well in terms of like super focused skill camps you know i think uh the, the thing similar to it would be in Europe, something like uh, some of the Tora Tora like skill camp events, um, like Paradise, from what I've heard, and uh, Heli Camp for sure. I was just there. That's definitely skill camp uh, oriented. And then also things like Angle Week, and then some of the uh, the smaller 
<laughs> events. But um, yeah, Fly for Life has really set the standard, and uh, I think uh, just just about anywhere in terms of a event that you can sign up for and is not an invitational only, they've definitely uh, set. Uh, the standard for how focused and high level a skilled camp can be for sure. And now we're seeing in two weeks from now, uh, Alethea, again, I feel like I'm lifting, uh, you're bringing uh, uh, LSD sideways. Is this your first camp in the U.S.? Yeah, it is. Uh, There's two back to back, uh, one in San Marcos and one in Houston. Um, And uh, yeah, those will be the first camps that I bring to the U.S. And I, I really do think the U.S. market is is starting to understand and see and, and want this more and more. Cool. It, are you planning on doing more here in the U.S.? Yeah. I'll bring, uh, it's not official yet, but I think I'm bringing LSD uh, Project 19 camp in November to uh, Spaceland as well. And um, looking for options for the West Coast as well for both the head down and the angle camps. So I plan to do more of the LSD camps here in uh, in the next year. We've actually talked briefly with Donna Jean. I don't know if you know Donna Jean. She just friend requested me on Facebook. (laughs) Super great gal. She actually was on the show. Cool. Also with the Live Bigs. Like I heard about that event years ago and... uh, it's yeah, what a badass. She cool. she is a, a, a sky ninja for sure. Cool. And we talked a little bit about Project Nineteen. Yeah. Uh the 19th Amendment, the woman's right to yeah. vote. Uh, it's a hundred year anniversary of that yeah. next year now. Um how much does that project mean to you? Well, um, like just on a personal level, because I had had a girlfriend who flew the last record and she was at my house maybe two days after. And to hear her like buzzing and talking about this sisterhood and how supportive and cool the vibe was, I had never flown head down. And I immediately was like, that's a goal. And that was the first goal I'd had in skydiving, actually. I was just kind of like floating around a little bit. So um, to, to, to go from that to be asked to be a regional captain was like a fucking great moment of, uh, of, uh, yeah, just really beautiful. So I'm really excited for it. And then, you know, when Amy called to ask, uh, she talked to me about the, 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 the meaning behind it and how they were pushing it. And, and that's beautiful, right? Like a hundred women celebrating women's rights and, and, and also like collectively, you know, maybe because I'm running the LSD camps and also with my role as a a regional captain, I'm meeting so many women at these events who come up to me and like, Hey, can we do something head down? And, and then I started to realize this summer that like, you know, women are, are training that don't even there, they don't have plans to be on the record yet, but they're seeing it as like, something big and buzzing with women around and they're getting expired by it and they know maybe they're not going to be there next July, but they're a part of that whole process. So globally we have these women training collectively together for this thing, which is really kind of uniting, you know, like really women are, are, are introducing themselves with the interest of the project 19. Whereas before that they weren't maybe, you know, so it's really cool. It's so cool to see the sport grow with more women. Oh, my God. It's wonderful. Yeah. I'm like... Quit trying to ruin our sausage fest. Sorry, buddy. It's like, <laughs> here I am, and it's such a dude man cave right sausage now. But like, party. sorry, it's great. It's really... That's one thing I'm really I got a about. Bath and Body Works candle going. I'm I mean, so proud of you. Did your wife put it in here? No, I actually bought it and picked it out myself. That is so masculine. Yeah. It's, it's, it is great. 
I'm proud yeah. of you. It went with my Victoria's Secret panties. <laughs> <laughs> it's next to a picture frame cut in the shape of a heart. Of well, me and my way, wife. Of you and your wife. I love she it. She did put the picture in here, though. She did put it yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. I think that's like her claiming her stake. So if anybody watches the that's podcast cute. and sees that picture, she's like, it's mine. Bit back off. She's sniffing or something. Oh, it's slightly off frame. Yeah. There you oh, go. There you go. Zoom in. Look at them. Oh, I can do that now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do have that shot now. <laughs> Actually, this picture is uh, the weekend I proposed to my wife. Well, that's a significant moment. Yeah, yeah. It this should be is, Yeah. When we, was that? Um, 2000 and we pro- I proposed 2007. We got married in 2008. Good for you. We lived together for four years before yeah. I proposed. We were yeah. never going to get married. No. We will never get married. We don't need a piece of paper, an institute, or a government <laughs> to tell us we love each other. Yeah. And uh, one day I proposed to her, and her immediate reaction was, what? Because we were never, get, she never saw yeah. it coming. Total oh, blindside. <laughs> and uh, now, I, you've seen us together. We're pretty, like, I just watched you two play footsies. It's kind of making me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> you did not know I saw that, did you? What are you talking about? <laughs> she had an itch. <laughs> she had an itch. And it's called tech. She had to scratch it. <laughs> um, I really hope you do push the. <laughs> the 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 uh the scene the LSD scene here in America I, I hope you cool. take it to the next level I Thanks. think you guys can um and I say you guys it, it is your baby it is your child and now so is Tech so you've got two children <laughs> to spread across <laughs> America he's just a little baby got two children now two children LSD in Texas just a little corn fed baby <laughs> does he make you change his diapers oh my god <laughs> <laughs> she can say no. <laughs> See, I knew. don't play along with this. You should have shrugged and said, "Depends." This was your. Oh, oh my god, that was a good one. Well done, Nick. Don't encourage him. Hey, you know you set this up right. Yeah, this was your idea. I knew what I was getting into. You know, I don't think it would have gone nearly so badly for you if you, if you weren't text. No, if if you hadn't brought it up, of well, man, you guys are fucking roasting me already. Like I don't think I would have gotten we on like, the train. Game on. Yeah, you kinda, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You, I don't believe that for a second. Like I, I think you issued it's the most challenge. natural. It's like saying, direction. "Don't look down." Okay, <laughs> we won't do that. <laughs> Whose voice is that? Yours. <laughs> Yours. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Oh, oh monkey notes for the people. <laughs> For the people not watching, he just undid one of the sides of his overalls. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I just snorted. Snort. Oh man! So I love watching these women grow in the sport. Project Nineteen has been a huge thing. For yeah, you. it's great. <laughs> if it wasn't, aren't for that, they awesome? <laughs> I think Tex is about to come out of the closet. Female with these masculinity. <laughs> wow, Tex! I didn't know you what? shaved your nips. Toxic femininity. <laughs> God, is that a thing? A I, bl- I mean, that's absolutely a thing, but you can know we what? start that hashtag? Let's start that hashtag <laughs> right now. That happened now. here. Yep. Hashtag flight. Power. So if, if people want to get a hold of you, that's they want to get involved in LSD oh, camps, like in your Project 19 camps, how can they get a hold of you? They can uh, reach out on social. Alethea J. Austin. Hold on, they can and reach out where? On, on. God, <laughs> living my nightmare right now. Nick hates the word social. Oh, you I do? I only I hate it in the context of shitty. So, <laughs> I, I worked with iFly on on quite a few video projects, <laughs> and iFly is really great at having these entire teams of people for marketing who do fucking nothing. 
and <laughs> that, that this is just how they talk of like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be really great for the social. It's like, yeah, if you fucking did your job at all, that'd be really great for the company, <laughs> I'm sure, and you don't. And so I just hate these people, and I hate that word by association. I'm <laughs> sorry, but like marketing people are the redheaded stepchild of every company. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're Watch that <laughs> racist talk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you tried to slip that in I'm there. I'm fucking so triggered. Slip. Those soulless <laughs> bastards. I love, I love it. What's so wrong about fucking ra- redheaded? You and me are the same. You're redheaded. And I'm, I'm I'm marketing. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, no one likes either of you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody trusts us. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> we just had a conversation on the way over here about like um, questioning marketing people because it just happens all the time, right? Everybody's kind of like, "Cool, you're marketing right on." Like, yeah, what the fuck does that yeah, mean? What do you even do? You put up a Facebook post today, <laughs> but yeah, I feel you. Okay, so don't reach out to me on the socials, <laughs> but do. So they can find you on Facebook. On uh, Facebook, Alethea J. Austin, Alethea J. A. on Instagram, and then lsdcamps at gmail.com. And if you're driving in your car and you didn't get to write that down, as yeah. always, we will have all her uh, social links on the uh, show notes. So you can check it out. Click on it right there. You'll be able to find her pretty easily. Um, we'll also include Big Gay Text at Big Gay Text <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, we really did lay off of the gay jokes for a long time, but I'm so happy that that it's back. I mean, Thank you, Tex. Yeah. For being my closest closeted back. friend. I appreciate it. He brought it, it back. Tex is bringing gay back. Is that what you, what's going on? Make gay great again. So glad to see how the show is wrapping up here. Your faces are great. Faces? His gay faces right now. What? <laughs> So you know, okay, we're way off track. Alethea, do you have anything else you want to share with your friends, family, or Texas while you're here? That's too much pressure for me. No, this is great. This has been great. Thanks, guys. Awesome. I really appreciate yeah you coming visiting us, not really knowing what you were getting into, and now that you know, you'll probably never do it again. Um, hopefully, we'll see you back in the Houston area uh, a little bit more regularly. Um, with or without this guy and I hope you come back on the show again cool thanks a lot you guys Tex anything you want to say to defend your masculinity as we wrap up absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yo anything from the the peanut gallery yeah I just wanted to mention how tan Tex's legs are what dude you look so tan alright and look fucking let's good roll right now roll it out <laughs> Justin alright no, for real. credits Sacri- zoom out music zoom out sacrifice t- September starts uh, on Sunday oh yeah so anyone who's interested in participating in whatever whatever physical challenge you want to undertake what for the it? month sacrifice so, September yeah so so last year uh, the, the, Joe Rogan does a sober October right, right? and right. DJ was going to be doing something that involved him being drunk last October so we decided to do sober the September the whole October Drunk? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm going big. Yeah. God, can I do that? Can I do shit face September? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk every day. Holy that's shit. a that's a bigger challenge. That would for probably me. be more challenging. That would definitely be drink. difficult. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, th- some of my friends call that daily. So <laughs> yeah, no shit. But uh, so DJ did uh, sobriety. I also did sobriety. Not a big change from the norm, though, right? Uh, that was the month that I did steak, the the carnivore diet all month. So I did steak September, um, but so <laughs> what I did that shit was real good. Dude, he sent me <laughs> pictures of like fucking huge plates of hunks of meat. I thought you were gonna say turds. <laughs> turds. <laughs> no, dude. On the real, is the best my guts have ever felt. It's really? the prequel yeah. to turds, by the way. Mm. Meat. But 
so DJ, did you decide what you're going to do for the month? Yeah, so uh, sobriety, including no caffeine. I've actually, uh, today was my, I actually have not had much caffeine at all for the last half of the month. Today I have my last cup of coffee until October. Um, when I have that first cup of coffee, I will be jacked up. God, I'm yeah. so excited oh, for that great. coffee. Oh it's my true, god, true, man! Like I've I've taken breaks like that yeah. and then gone back to coffee. And holy oh, shit! So no, no, yeah, full sobriety, no alcohol, You're no like, drugs. Whoa, this is a no drug. caffeine. Yeah. yeah, none of it. That's great. Um, I've I already did a week of no caffeine recently, and it was like okay. I mean, it was great because I'd wean myself off of it. Uh, intermittent fasting is something I've done here and there. Um, so good. Yeah, right, it, I've done a year of it. Um, I've been intermittent fasting for a little while now, but I'm going to kind of follow your lead, Nick. So it's going to be 16, 8 yeah, some yeah, days, yeah. but I'm also going to go 24, which is your normal schedule. You do so 24. I, I, God damn, dude. I do from, from like 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. is my eating window. Oh, okay. so you're going right. five hours. I thought you were from 4 to 8. No, I, I definitely eat at 9. 18, <laughs> six is, 18, uh, 18 6. 18-6 is Anything more than that. For me. Oof. That's rough, man. It, For how much you work out and shit? It just works for my day. Man. So for me, it's I have certain days in you the wait week. until 4... Sorry to interrupt. No, man. no. You wait until it. 4 p.m. to Dude, eat? Dude, I had breakfast at 10 p.m. yesterday. What the fuck? But you work <laughs> out at like... Yeah, I exercise Six or in the seven morning. in the yeah, morning. I exercise faster in the morning, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. So fuck. I have certain days I'm going to be doing... How do you keep weight on? Oh, dude, I because we're real similar. I was telling Lisa this. Like, you, you saw that we went, pile we went of past, food that yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Right? When we went past Waffle House, and I showed her the picture you sent me today mm-hmm. of like all the food you eat. I'm like, Nick is the only fella that can eat as much as me. Like that's it. Like everybody else makes jokes. Oh, I eat a lot. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like I've got one friend who can eat as much as me, and like it's gotten to the point where we don't even compete anymore. Yeah, like it's, we, it's we, we at it. first it was like we competed. Like, kind of talk shit to each other who's going to eat more. It just got so out of hand yeah. that it's just like, let's just like, go dude, in. Don't make me do this to We're me We're naturally going to eat an obscene amount, so let's not, like, uh, <laughs> let's not encourage each other to, like, fucking go over the top because it's already outrageous for the normal person. Walking like Teletubbies. Yeah, so I don't understand how you, like, don't eat that much because you work out like crazy you and you have, like, a similar metabolism as me, mm-hmm. clearly, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, how the fuck does that work? I, I, I don't know. I would fucking pass out. I don't know how day. it works. I mean, so I started doing the intermittent fasting thing like kind of on accident. Like I was focused on doing the keto diet, which right. I really liked. It got me super lean, and I felt really good. I felt like mentally really clear. Yeah, I remember that. And um, then I started. So I stopped. I used to snack a lot in the day, like dried fruit mostly, which is really high in sugar. So I cut that out and I cut out the juice that I would also drink during the day. And then it just ended up like, hey, I'm not bringing food to work, but hey, I'm also not hungry. So I'm just going to start eating when I get home. And then that's just kind of what my diet had turned into. And that's when I started hearing people talk about intermittent fasting. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing that. I can pay attention to, to when I am allowing myself to, to take in calories. And uh, then I just, I mean, I'm just not hungry in the day. Mm. Like, if I, if I think about food, if we talk about food, if I go look in the fridge, yeah, I'm going to start to get hungry. But just, like, my body just doesn't have that cue in the day of, of eat food unless I'm really yeah. thinking about you it. You get used to talking it. about Waffle House. Well, I mean, I've done intermittent fasting for the last probably two years. Like, uh, it's really difficult when I'm traveling. Um, and we've had that conversation. But, like, usually when I'm at home, 16-8 is perfectly normal for me. Like, 16 hours off. Yeah, like that's perfectly normal for me, but um, man, that's uh, twelve four. Wow, 
that's, yeah. uh, that's I've, hardcore. I've done a few 12-4s recently, and it wasn't bad. Oh, 24, sorry. So, now, yeah, 24. So I'm going to do 16-8s, 12-4s, and then one 24-hour fast a week. Wow. Cool. Um, keto the entire month, uh, with the exception of one day. Yeah. The wedding. Keith and Paul's wedding. I am going to eat whatever the fuck they're serving. Um, yeah. I got the filet, so I'm probably going to be very close to staying keto on that uh, meal anyways. Um, Exercise-wise, I am not in great cardio shape or condition, so I'm going to start with 10 miles a day on the bike uh, with the goal of doing a 100-mile ride on the last day. And, Nick, we talked about it earlier oh. uh, today. And in that conversation, I've said, fuck it. I'm not going to figure it out. If I'm going to do the 100-mile ride, I'm going to do a 100-mile ride at the end of the month. That is just that the only way I'm going to do it is to say I'm going to do it and, and mean it. So that's my goals. Cool. So Hell yeah. Party. Party. Do that shit. I'm, I got to decide because we have an actual exercise bike showing up tomorrow, a spin bike, and I'm going to do a lot of the riding there. But I have a buddy who trains triathlons and bikes and stuff, and I actually might be talking to him soon. He actually is going to be on the show soon in the next month, Jeremy. I'm thinking about hitting him up and saying, "Hey, let's get me on a street bike for the hundred mile ride. Let's let's do that on the street." But I'd rather do it in front of Netflix for a hundred miles. <laughs> Dude, I have a, a good friend who's a he was like just crossing the line from amateur to professional cycling, mm-hmm. and dude, he that's that was his morning every morning is he would put on two movies back to back on the bike trainer for for hours just watching movies. So I think that's a perfect place to train. She's got to pee, doesn't she? She has to pee <laughs> so bad. She's struggling so hard. Okay, let's right wrap now. it up. So cool, man. Uh, I'm just like, just you're go. Doing She's in pain, right? She's just like the most painful go, go, smile. Go, go pee like, and come back. We'll keep going. That's, so just go out this door. It's the actually, first I got a piece. Right. So let me roll real quick. Your change is. <laughs> we're about to roll music. You're you're gonna do the Murph month Murph month Murph, which is a mile, a hundred. 100 push-ups, push-ups, right? No, it's 100, no, 100 pull-ups. Pull I'm a man. 200 push-ups, 200 push-ups 300, 300 sit-ups. 300 squats. Uh-huh. And then 300 squats. Another, 300 squats and then and another mile. Another mile. Yeah. With Wait, 20 pounds of weight. you're going to do that every day? Yeah. <laughs> what? I've, I've done it every day for the last maybe two two or three weeks. What? Yeah. Just to make sure that it's possible. Yeah. So, what? So I decided that I was going to have a 35-minute Murph time. That was my goal. Yeah. Just because just, just I looked it up online of, hey, what, what do elite athletes do a Murph in? Huh. And th- it said 35 minutes or less. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'll, I can make that work. The first time I ran it, I, I think I did 31.40. And I was like, fuck. So because <laughs> I, knew, I knew that, okay, now I'm going to have to do it harder than that because yeah. it's, it's not even September yet. So I got a weight vest. It's a 20-pound lead vest. Ugh. Which is, uh, I thought it was going to make it just a little bit harder, but dude, it's a whole other fucking world with that vest on. It's terrible. So I can't, if, if I do it with the vest or try and do it at race pace, like for time every day, there's no fucking way my body's going to hang, hang yeah, on to no that way. for a month. So I will do some version of that, of that Murph every day. Huh. Like yesterday I did a 5k Murph, which is mile run, half of the circuit, mile run, the other half of the circuit, another mile run. And that didn't tear my legs up too bad, but man, throw, throwing that weight in there's a as a, a game changer. Yeah, it's the fucking Megatron when you're over running, there, man. That's uh, that's big. Yeah, my knees aren't super fond of that. Yeah. Justin, have you decided what you're gonna do? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do the um, no alcohol, no caffeine. Which, uh, similar to you, the past uh, past couple weeks, I think I went uh, nine days total without caffeine. Then I was like. You know what? I'm gonna have a little bit every other day or so, just to enjoy it while I can. Yeah. Because why should I do it for six weeks when I only have to do it for four? Um, but the fucking come down off that caffeine was bad. I had a constant headache. Uh, it's crazy. Like I, I was drinking two energy drinks a day. 
Um, you know, almost the equivalent of like 10 to 12 cups of coffee a day. Jesus criminy. Uh, just at work, you know, just constantly trying to stay awake and you know, alert. Do you know how many milligrams of caffeine you're, you're taking in a day? It was, rel- it was around 600. Fuck. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, that's man shit. Yes. <laughs> so coming down off of it was super hard, but now it's like, okay, I'll, I'll have like a, a one Coke Zero and and feel like, you know, a little bit jacked up or energized from it. Um I had a cup of coffee a few days ago, like fucking out of my mind, like shaking. That's uh, fun. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm doing that. Y'all, like. y'all don't want to see Alethea on like a cup of Starbucks, Bye. like giant coffee, because everything in Europe's, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's those tiny little espressos, those cute little tiny cups they give you. This is like, America, motherfucker. Exactly. And she gets <laughs> one of those so big fun. American coffees in her, and she, I'm like, who is this person? It's like, so great. She gets outrageously silly. <laughs> she's like, so excited right instantly. now. No, she's yeah. got this grin. Yeah. Everything she's saying is real smart ass. She and gets funny. real, real, you know, <laughs> she's real excitable. <laughs> I was like trying to drink. I've got a little bit of jet lag right now. Got in yesterday. And so I was really nervous about this and just like chugging everything caffeinated in Texas car. Oh, I, was <laughs> I, was ter- I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a big one for all of us surviving without that caffeine for a month. I think that's a... It's a, it's but I'm, a struggle, I'm also yeah. going to do uh, yeah. at least a mile of uh, either elliptical or walking because the elliptical's at my house. And if I'm staying at the trailer, I don't have the elliptical. So I'll just make sure mm. I w- at least walk a mile a day. Good job on you guys. Yeah. Is this a, this is what like are you going to do for September? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, September. Oh, what? You know what we're doing? Huh? Got a retreat. Oh, yeah. Just do a little health retreat. Yeah. I mean, do something you wouldn't normally do. So you eat vegan for the month, and you eat meat for the month. Yeah, steak, steak September, <laughs> please, please do that carnivore diet. <laughs> steak full September, and I'll do steak free September. Hey, I feel like that's not going to happen. Do you, on you, I don't think so if the cows are grass fed, does that make it vegan? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. Do you, do you read? Do you read very often? Do you, I do. Are yeah. you a person that yeah, can read I'm a, a book, book person? Yeah. So I was vegan for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And th- this was the plan. How do you? Is uh. I worked out of this gym, and one of the trainers <laughs> was vegan, and this other trainer wasn't vegan. Uh-huh. And he had a few clients, who these, these girls who were vegan, who uh-huh. he gave this book to. And he's like, hey, read this book, process the information, and okay, yada, yada. Yeah. Some time goes by, and these girls aren't vegan anymore. So my plan was, okay, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to dispel all the fucking bullshit in this book. I'm going to get the girls back on Team Vegan and save the world, right? Yeah. This is this is my my thought. Yeah. And so I pick up this book. It's called The Vegetarian Myth. Uh, Lear Keith is the, is the author. And I start reading it, and in the first 50 pages, I'm like, man, this woman is so biased and full of shit. Mm. You can tell that like her um, falling... Her falling out with veganism also had to do with the relationship. Uh, And you can kind of sense that in the book. And I was like, this bitch is is crazy. (laughs) And then maybe a hundred pages into the book, I'm like, God, I have a really big misconception about what, what you're asking of the world to produce food, Mm. whether you're looking at factory farmed Mm. meat or factory farmed vegetables, whatever it is that I was looking at a really small part of a very big picture that I felt good because there was nothing dead on my plate, so I figured that nothing bad had happened to, sure. to, to put it there. Yeah. And I was, you know, I wasn't a healthy vegan. I was kind of a junk food vegan of oh, like, okay. oh, if it's vegan, that means it's good for me, oh, right? No, yeah. And so um, it's a really good book, uh, and really just opened up my eyes to the, to the bigger picture of what it takes to make food. What is the bigger picture? 
in a nutshell. Okay, so I'll give you just the, the short version of it. Yeah. Um, to let's just say wheat is a is a food that's something that's in everything or soy, whatever. Corn. So corn, perfect, perfect, <laughs> perfect theme for the night. Yeah. So when they plant this cornfield, yeah. they have to take this land, totally. this, this natural land. They gotta get rid of everything that lives off yeah. of that land. So anything that Animals. has that land at home, they're gonna kill it. People. And now they're planting corn. Yeah. And now. This you know these big, these big crops take mm. a lot of water. Yeah. So now they've got to dam a river, yeah. which fucks up the ecology of that river upstream and downstream. Yeah. And now it brings it across the corn, collecting all these chemicals and pesticides. And now all that stuff's being dumped downstream. Yeah. And it's like, man, what what really is causing less work for the world? Yeah. My my soy wheat corn patty that's my fake meat yeah. that all of my fake you know vegan food is is made out of all of this stuff. Or this local grass-fed meat that came from a farm that's 100 miles away of a cow that lived outside and had a pretty normal life as far as cows go and it didn't hit, get hit by a tax in a truck. Oh, my God. I was basically on the phone with Alethea when that happened. That's awesome. Was, but, uh, are you blaming it on me? Yeah, like I'm just, you know. You said, are a cow killer, Alethea. <laughs> I'm basically not a vegan is what but, he's saying. But I just thought about what takes less from the world. Yeah. My interest really is environmental impact or whether it's yeah. animal rights. What am I affecting more, you know, what has a bigger negative effect? Yeah. Eating this way that, that causes, you know, all this processing, all this shipping, sure. all this, uh, yeah. you know, fertilizers, pesticides, all this stuff that's, in my eyes, not very natural. How do I weigh that against an animal that that led a pretty natural life yeah. that was probably relatively happily as, as, as far as cows go? The meat didn't come from very far. Like, I'm still a super conscious eater of, of what yeah. I put on my body, and I think yeah. it's the, the same feeling that made me want to be vegan in the first place mm. was the same feeling that made me decide this might not be the right decision mm-hmm. for me and I'm going to try some other things. Yeah. I think two things come. I appreciate that for sure. And like, um, I really love the discussion about, uh, food because it's such a passion for me. Um, so I'll preface it with that. But the, the one, the two things that stand out is like where, how much work and what is being taken away from either the animals that live on the field that they're using to grow crops for mm-hmm. how much is being destroyed for the growing of the food for the cows. Cause I think that's a lot of things that people forget to think about is like, yeah, but that solely was, you know, taken up a lot of space but the amount of food that they have to grow just for the cows and the property that they have to create just for the cows like takes up way more than what yeah but i mean this just depends on what are we what are we feeding these cows because a natural thing for a cow to eat is grass yeah and if you look at cows that live in a grass pasture they eat the grass on one side they shit on the other side which fertilizes that side and grass grows and, and cows grow yeah if you're taking a bunch of corn and grain and stuff that they're not set up to that's why corn fed that's why they get so big so fast because their body is not designed to process that Mm. grain so they get really big Mm. they're really unhealthy and yeah i don't want to eat that cow i don't want to eat that sick cow that's filled with antibiotics that lives in a totally unnatural environment So, do you only eat like local really as as best i can as as best i can sometimes i go to waffle house and i will fucking tear it down (laughs) because i hear that i hear that a lot as well most of the time i'm buying grass-fed meat from a place in in, really? in Texas. Wow. So that's impressive. But it's expensive. And Is it hard to you, find out here? Because no, I would imagine. No, oh, really? No. Okay. Mm. Hippies you, are have everywhere. You seen the, have you seen those <laughs> farms? Because, like, marketing, I'll tell you, just like gingers, we're very clever. Marketing <laughs> yeah. and redheaded stepchilds. Like, you know, like, um, like what do they say? It's free range chicken or free range eggs yeah, free, are the same no. factory, but with a couple windows slotted in the, the rooftop. And, and that's that what they call free range. And that doesn't surprise range. me. Like if if you get the idiots that it, just because it says organic, it's health food. 
Like, no, you can't live in that fantasy fucking world. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to think about it or look into it or yeah. like, you can't just be sold on some buzzwords yeah. that it's health food, you yeah. know? And there so, are responsible farms in the area. You, Froberg's farm. I don't know if you know where that's at. It's off highway six in Alvin. And, uh, you, you can go there and not only buy from there a lot of free range stuff, but yeah. you can actually go see where their farms are at and see that. They are truly some free-range places. So cool. it is a lot more accessible here in Texas than you think. My biggest argument to vegans is always going to be simple. Bacon. Oh, yeah, the bacon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm kidding. See, but for me, if I was like a rapist, my biggest one would be sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's a good point. It is a where, good point, right? Where did you find this? It's where basically it? like you're saying pleasure over like, right? Like, yeah, and I don't think that, I mean... <laughs> Just I don't like think he's making a serious argument. No, and no, I don't, no. Of course, I don't of think course, of course. The bacon thing comes up all the time. No, that was the first time, but for sure, I've like thought about that one. Is like, well, can you? Got about what rapist. is the just? How do you look at the justification? Where do you of the get bacon your, over veganism? Where do you get your protein? Oh my god! I'm just fucking, all I'm the fucking time, with, right? I'm fucking with you. You know what's really funny is that like never if I'm like eating some like double whopper or something, you know, like with a 64 ounce Mountain Dew and some French fries, is anybody ever like, "Where are you getting your protein, <laughs> girl?" Like because I'm eating McDonald's, they're like, "Well, she eats meat, so she must get protein." But like once you're a vegan or a vegetarian, everybody's like the protein concern comes on, whereas most people don't really. Most people Consider are so it. uninformed I don't think most, yeah, about don't, food. I don't know. That, no, no one fucking knows. Only the only where does your protein come from question is ever driven at is vegans and vegetarians. Yeah, beaver nuggets. That's the answer. Yeah, <gasps> <laughs> way yeah. to bring to it around. Yeah. I am proud of you. I'm pretty that sure they're good. organic, free range, guilt free, <laughs> yeah. pasture raised beaver nuts. There's got to be some trace of protein. No, yeah. they got to be gluten free though too, right? And kosher. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Vegan, kosher, halal. halal. <laughs> Bucky's will blow your mind, guys and gals. Let's be honest. Bucky's not selling anything halal. <laughs> get on the get on board. Sacrifice September. What the you halal pick, are you talking about? <laughs> you pick your sacrifice. You pick what it means to you, but make it a true sacrifice. A Accomplish something. Sacrifice September is not about surprise. It's not about health. It's not about fitness. It's about discipline and just making yourself a better person through choice. So I encourage any of my friends, find that sacrifice, find that choice you want to make, join us or don't. Uh, last year, I was really amazed, Nick, at how many people by the end said, I found out halfway through and did half the month with you guys. So make a choice to do something better in your life. And that's what this is about. That's great. White boy. You know what the fuck to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Gravity Lab Radio. I have no clue what we're doing next week. We've done six or seven weeks in a row, so I need a day off. Blue skies, we'll figure it out. Oh.